girls go to hell? Bad girls. See the boldest and most intimate scenes ever shown on any screen. In Bad Girls Go to Hell. See sex without shame. See violence in a story that is brutally honest. In Bad Girls Go to Hell. These are the men possessed with sex. Corrupt and immoral who prey upon women. They are the thrill seekers. This is a picture with a new kind of raw, naked realism. You know that I love you. Why are you leaving? I love you too. That's why I must go. If you want to see a film that dares to tell all, that is truly a body and soul shocker, then you must see Bad Girls Go to Hell. Five minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 of this, the month of July, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and award-winning studios of AM970, The Talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into entertainment and whimsy. Uh, it's 503-733-2970 if you want to uh, join us today. 503-733-2970 with your comments, questions, clarifications, off-putting observations about how you're the mayor-elect being bothered at home by our phone screener. You know, whatever. It's uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able, and moderately less hungover today. Uh, pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the... Uh, you know, whatever you got. It's 503 733 2970. 503 733 2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. By the way, the best part, and my best, I mean, most horrifying of that whole Sam Adams conversation is just it, when I bring it, I say something. So, Mr. Mayor elect, what brings you to the show today? And he says, I don't know. You called me. It's when it all started to go south. All right. Well, in any event, what can you do? We tried. Yeah. That's, uh, yes, we did. Well, in any event, it's uh, Wednesday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we do anything else, I should say this. Speaking of speaking of Richie Bristol, uh, Enigma and Madcap. Uh, if you go to rickemerson.com, I think, let me just let me just double check and make sure I wasn't hallucinating this today. Uh, you go to rickemerson.com, uh, I think we've actually updated our photo gallery, for the love of God. Are you kidding? <laughs> Wait, no, I'm looking at it there. Look, it's photos from this year. It's astounding! Uh, so we've actually gotten rid of the photographs from like 2001, where we're all weird and shiny looking. 
Um, there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Joni DeRoshi. Uh, so, uh, photos by uh, Vanished Twin and uh, Joni DeRoshi, uh, webmistress extraordinaire, uh, took care of this last night. God bless her. All right. So, there you go. You know, I, because I, I talked to her last night, I said, hey, you know, I said, this is going to be... Yeah, a... I look kind of dumpy in that picture. <sighs> you don't look dumpy. I just, I'm, I'm not very happy with headshots ever. And oh, it's me, not to well, say anything about... No, I never... Ship, but I look... No, 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 you look fine. You look beautiful, baby. Nah. You all that. Uh, I like the further away one better. No, I mean, hey, let's be honest. I mean, really, the biggest surprise out of all these photographs is Richie, who looks moderately clean-cut in that... Like, if you look at that very bottom photograph... That looks really cool how they're all bordered, though. We look all, like, fancy. No, it's, they're pretty righteous. That's all uh, That's all Jason and Aaron Advantage Twin. But I, but I was talking to Johnny last night. I said, well, there's... I said, there's going to be, you know, there's, there's little, you know, this kind of little thing in the Willamette and the other... I don't know, any any number of people perhaps who, who might see it and say, what what is this Rick Emerson show? I should investigate on the Google. And then it, and I could just see them all coming to the website and then just, it's, it's, it's photos of us from almost a decade ago. And then that's just bad. I'm so glad you got rid of those. Those are embarrassing pictures. Then we're like the Imus show, just using that same bad line drawing of him with a full head of hair wearing a leotard. Maybe my bio was updated. Sarah still in coming soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thanks, Rick. Well, I, I forgot the bio section even existed. I don't even know what mine says. Does mine even have me working oh, here? Oh, yours is like four pages long. Yeah, well, that's as it should be. Uh, in any event, so you go to uh, rickemerson.com, you click on the uh, staff and friends pics, uh, and there's uh, updated photographs of all of us. Richie looks like he's about to come to your house, though, and, 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 and like start telling you about how Jesus visited North America hundreds of years ago. Can I talk to you about golden plates? Joni did a great job, and all of our info is up at the top, 11 no, to 3, no, phone number. That's all her. And so uh, anyway, so thank you uh, to Vanished Twin for those photographs, and thanks to uh, to Joni to get in at the, for getting the web page updated. So. All right, excellent, wonderful. In any event, it's uh, 503-733-2970 today, 503-733-2970. Lisa Desjardins will be joining us uh, from the Hill today. I'm going to drill her until she talks about um, John Edwards, uh, whether she wants to or not. She Here's the thing, and she'll, this all sounds vaguely sexual, I know, but she'll resist at first, and then eventually she'll give in because I know she secretly wants to do it. I know she secretly, uh, because you know they're all talking about it. Like, you, you know, in the corridors of our nation's power, uh, they're talking about John Edwards. So I'm going to see how long, I think we should have some sort of a bet about how long it takes me to drag John Edwards' discussion out of her. Uh, let's see what else. CNN Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy uh, will be joining us today. Um, and then uh, Jim Roop will be talking uh, about vodka uh, from Los Angeles. Vodka and the Hollywood Hall of Fame. Uh, the Walk of Fame. Whatever the thing is with the stars. So I don't... There's some sort of correlation there. What else we got coming up today? Uh, top five. Today, top five ballads that ruined a band. Uh, that's later on today's program. Top five ballads that ruined a band. Uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com will join us today. Geek Watch coming up. Darwin, an immensely satisfying Darwin Watch. Uh, we will continue our sound clip inventory. Um, oh, I've got more bad promotional ideas. Oh, let me black out the name of the consultant right now. Hold on a second. Let me black out. I think we know who it is. Now, well, you may know who it is. Oh, but I think I do. That, do you? I wonder if you're right. I mean, there's any number of bad consultants in this world. Um, I'm going to black out the name of this radio consultant because I guess part of the deal is, with Susan, that we can read these te uh, these ideas that come to us from this radio consultant, but but we can't use their name. I'm I'm out, and I'm going to play the pronoun game and not even identify the gender of this person. Well, it's because oh. we don't purchase their services. That's what I'm saying. So, all right. So we'll get more bad promotional ideas. And I do believe, I think today, 
I think we have, uh, and, I, and not just today, but I think in the coming uh, few days, I think we have a pair of Dark Knight tickets to be given away today uh, as well. Uh, I think we have some run of engagement passes uh, to see the Dark Knight. So uh, we'll probably do uh, Richie Bristol trivia for that uh, later on. Speaking of Richie Bristol, so it's now Wednesday, which means we got uh, two more days with Richie before he goes to Vegas uh, for a week and a weekend of fun and frivolity. Uh, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the about uh, Sarah's high school reunion, which is coming up uh, this weekend, and I'll be in goddamn Kennewick and so forth and whatnot. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. Okay, as we speak, a huge three-alarm fire is burning. You've probably seen the smoke all over town. It is at Northeast Marks and 109th. It is Buckaroo Thermoseal Company. Buckaroo so uh, Thermoseal Company. Big three alarm fire now underway. Bonsai! Northeast Marks and 109. Smoke all over time. You can probably see a pest from the I-205. 20 new insects are invading Oregon. We'll count them and find out what they are. Flyers complained about increasingly bold X-rated security searches by the TSA. Uh, two Robert Novak stories today. One, he runs over a pedestrian. And two, he claims he's been tricked by John McCain. Los Angeles bans, plastic shopping bags, and foam food containers. Two necessities of modern life. A teen sues her teacher for calling her ugly, and Shark Week begins this Sunday. Uh, on Discovery? Yes. Ah, uh, that's righteous. Uh, Shark, Shark Week really is... You know, it's hard to believe that there was a time when there wasn't a Shark Week. Uh, I remember back... This is how old I am. I remember when Shark Week was actually such a recent innovation on that channel that they numbered them. Because they don't, really, they don't even do that. I mean, originally, it was sort of like, you know, it's like Monsters of Rock or Rockfest or something. Where uh, at one point it was, like, I remember the very first inaugural Shark Week, which I think was in 80, 89, maybe, 90. I think I was still in high school. Uh, coming Shark Week. And it was such a huge ratings bonanza. Because I think there's certain, I mean, I'm, I would like to see some sort of psychological study on this or some sort of uh, some sort of analysis in a laboratory setting, but I'm pretty sure that there's any number of images, words, thoughts, phrases, sounds, sensations, whatever, you can put on a television channel and that people, especially guys, will stop. Like, like, here, like here's a question. We'll just go around the room here. Uh, Sarah, if you are flipping through the channels, what is, if you can think of one, what is something you will see, a subject, a person, an image, a thing, whatever, that'll make you stop? In other words, if you're flipping through the channels and you see them discussing blank, you will stop and watch it. Oh God, I don't. I'm not too particular in what I watch. I find I can find interesting. Since I don't have the cable, I I watch you know the Bible Network for three hours. <laughs> so I'll watch I'll watch crappy Bible cartoons. So if you see a big purple bouffant, you're, you're I'm, I'm really not. Oh come on, she's my favorite. All right. Yeah, Jan Crouch. <laughs> yes, indeed. Hey, Davey, do you want to go watch an adulteress being stoned? <laughs> I still can't find I'm sorry. Dingle <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just trying to be Every funny. Every Saturday morning, I turn on my TV and hope that was past funny. That was eerie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to freak out everybody just then. Uh, well, you watched like five hours of Roseanne last night, didn't you? I did. I woke up at 1:30 in the morning, could not fall back asleep. Fell back asleep finally at six. I watched Roseanne. Watched some uh, preacher. Watched uh, for you. a horrible like. Who's that? George Lopez? Yeah. That was on. I'm loud! Instead of being funny! Oh. Yeah, that guy. Um, all right. Well, and so forth. Tim, something you're, something when you're flipping through the channels, you see something, you stay there. Pop-up videos. Really? Yes. Is that show even on anymore? Yeah, it's on all over the place. Is it on VH1 Classic? Yes, it is. Yeah. 
Uh, you remember when it used to take things like 20 years to become classic? Now it's like later today. Oh, it's classic. classic. They ought to have like a like an earlier earlier today earlier in pop culture history. It's because we're all rapidly getting older. No, it's it, we're all rapidly we're getting part of the geezer demographic. 35 plus. You know what it is, Tim? This is uh, this is part of what Art Bell called the quickening. It's really it is where things are going at a faster and faster pace. Even just saying that makes me feel old. Things go so quickly now. Uh, all right. No, if I'm flipping by, if I see anything about, uh, it's well documented that if I see it, even at this late stage of my life, if I see anything about the Loch Ness monster, I stop and I just watch. That's it. Uh, that's all it is. If, if I just anything see about that, the Titanic for me still grabs onto me. I'll see that. I'll watch anything about the Titanic. I'll watch anything a lot about the Loch Ness monster. I'll watch anything about giant squid. Uh, I will watch. Uh, let's see what else. Jack the Ripper. If I see anything about Jack the Ripper, I'll stop and I'll watch that too. DB Cooper. That's another thing. Uh, and sharks. And I think a lot of guys have that reaction with sharks. If you're flipping by and all, you just see that dorsal fin sticking out of the water, you're just there for however long the show lasts. All right. Well, in any event. So you got. So you woke up at one and went back to sleep at six. Mm-hmm. Here's I why that sucks. Sleep. It sucks. Apart from the obvious, it sucks because when you wake up in the middle of the night or way early, and and for have you ever noticed this too? That when you suddenly wake up at about three in the morning or something like that, it's never just partially. It's like you're awake. I was full blown awake, and I'm like, should I like drink some wine? I'm like, I don't know what I should do. I'm like, no, but then I'm gonna smell like alcohol. The answer's always yes. <laughs> no, I just I ended up laying there and I just was drinking water and like watching Roseanne with subtitles. That's my life. With subtitles? Yeah, because I didn't want to turn on the volume because I'm like, what if I, you know, finally fall asleep and then the TV's blaring? But isn't it more like, but I thought you slept with the TV on anyway. I do, but I don't, you have the volume on. Uh, so you just like the flickering light? Yeah. Like Carol Ann from Poltergeist style? Thanks, thanks for that. I'm just saying, well, no, because it's not like I've ever been at your place while you're asleep, but I know that you said at one point, because you have the sleeping mask and I the TV on. I don't on. use the sleeping mask anymore. All right, but you always have the TV on because you like the, the lights. I and I have a noisemaker. All right, no, I have the noisemaker. Uh, Laura and I had the thing by the side of the bed. Me too. Um, doesn't watching it with subtitles actually wake you up more, though? Oh, it totally did. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was just, you know, totally awake. Muppets trying to sleep, but I yeah. keep waking him up. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> hey, how are you doing over there? Hey, don't don't sleep. I'm not sleeping. You can't <laughs> sleep. And here's the, the other bad thing about that is that when you wake up in the middle of the night and, and, and you know, and you have to be up at like 8 a.m. or something, you always fall back asleep at like 6, 15, 7 o'clock. It was light outside. And that's when you get the really good sleep, though, right? Like when you fall asleep the second time, that's when you just... <clears throat> Just getting your just getting your snooze on, and then the alarm goes off at eight, and you're like, oh, for the love of my, I felt like I closed my eyes for like two minutes. I yeah. cannot believe how quickly it passed. Uh, all right then. Hey, I was gonna do this whole um, I was gonna do this whole uh, this whole audio gag uh, today. I was gonna do like a, just like a visual aid. I was gonna have an audio aid uh, for this next little discussion, but I. I but I failed. I didn't. I didn't bring it. I don't. I don't have. I don't have it with me. I didn't bring it downstairs. I just turned into Jeff Goldblum just then. Uh, life will. Life will find a way. I mean, violently if necessary. Um. Anyway, so so I was going to do this. I was going to lead up to this whole gag where I say, "Hey, so I went to the doctor yesterday who was going to dose me with medication, and guess what they gave me?" And then I was going to like shake the pills next to the microphone. Can you see now how funny that would have been if I'd done it? If sure. only I hadn't failed so spectacularly. Uh, Wait, so, so you got pills? Well, yes and no. So, um, should I tell it chronologically, or should I skip to the bottom of the page and then go back? 
skip to the bottom page and go back. So they didn't give me any brain candy, but they gave me Ativan, and that's really all that matters. <gasps> Is that the one that you've always wanted to try? Well, no, I had Ativan. I've tried Ativan before. Ativan, they gave that to me. Ativan, they gave me years ago. They gave me Ativan in, like, early, like, in 2001, because I was having those real bad panic attacks. And they gave me Ativan, which is just like wrapping your brain in a warm towel right out of the dryer. Are you on it now? No. No, I'm not. No, you save those for special time, Sarah. Wait, why did... Why Only did to be taken you, recreationally. She, she, what? Why did they give you a bottle of Ativan? Because uh, I asked for it. It was just that easy, actually. I just said... Ask for it by name? No, I really did. That's the thing is... I, so, so the bottom line is they. I, I went in because they keep... It keeps being suggested to me by various people, not just my wife, to be fair, by, by various factions, various head shrinkers. Maybe you could benefit from some ongoing medication. Uh, I don't think that you win Willamette Week's Best Radio Host of the Year by medicating yourself. That's what I'm saying. See, but, you know, if only you were my doctor. So, um, uh, but so the, the bottom line is they didn't give me, like, any Prozac or Wellbutrin or whatever that thing is or whatever. But but she gave me, they refilled my sleeping medication, which is, like, I cannot tell you how great that Trazodone is. It's, like, the best thing I've ever taken. I can't, it's hard to imagine that I lived, like, 33 years not taking that Uh because occasionally I, I'll run out or I'll forget to take it, and I just sleep so badly. But they, but at, uh, where I'm sitting there talking to the doctor, and just as sort of an adjunct to our regular conversation, I said, and uh, and she said, have you ever been on any anti-anxiety medication? And I said, I said, well, actually, a few years ago, I uh, I was on Ativan, and and she said, and how did that work out for you? And because they always ask me open-ended questions, and I said, I said, oh, it was great. I said it would, uh, it was really nice to have uh, to have the Ativan around just in case. You know, and you're trying so desperately not to sound like a junkie or a crazy person or anything. And even though I'm really not, I mean, it's not like I abuse drugs or whatever. But you're always, but whenever you're, whenever you are talking to a doctor and you're sort of discussing a drug like that, it's like in your brain, everything you say, you're afraid that you're coming off like some pill popper. You know what I mean? So she's you like, well, are a pill popper. But like, I'm not. But that's the thing. Is I'm really you, not. But you sound like one because yesterday you go on and on again for a half an hour about how fabulous pills are. Well, that's the thing. And so that's, it's the weird it's the weird confluence of that I really, really do. Ativan really is fantastic. That being said, in the last decade, I've taken one. I've taken one bottle of it. So, but that's the thing is like I don't keep it around because it's so fabulous. So, um, so I'm sitting there talking to the doctor, and she's like, "So how did the Ativan work out for you?" And I said, "I said, well, I had that in the early, uh, you know, 2001 or whatever, and it was." Uh, that was really nice. I mean, it was just good to have there in case, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, I had a panic attack or had some sort of anxiety attack or whatever. She goes, well, I could, uh, I could re-up your prescription for that. And, and that's when you really are, that's when you don't want to be like, yes! <laughs> that's when you have to fight off the urge to be like, score! Well, if you insist. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I said. I, she, she says, well, I could re-up your Ativan prescription. And I said, well, that's, yeah, that would, I mean, you're the doctor, but I mean, uh, Really, if you if you I mean if you think it's a good idea, I mean I'll just you know what, uh, doctor, I'll, I'll just defer to whatever you. I mean you went to school, so uh, that'd be good. Can make that for thirty. Thanks. Uh, so and then we get on to the to the crazy pill part, and so I mean I don't even know how to. Uh, so I so I and you know that I've gone to I think two different shrinks, and then I went to this this woman like last month that gave me this big test about are you crazy I mean I read the results on the air I think where it was the, the results the answer was yes I'm amazingly crazy so then I go to the to, to the actual medical doctor yesterday who is presumably the one who says well I think you're completely unhinged we're gonna have to give you lithium or whatever and we get to the end of the meeting and she just said 
I'm not really sure what your symptoms are telling me. So what I'm going to do is have you start seeing a clinical psychiatrist, and then they'll come to... So now I have to start seeing yet another goddamn doctor. Well, if it's their assessment that you might not need medication if they can't tell that something's wrong with you, why do you have to keep pursuing it? Like, are they not going to be happy until you're on some kind of meds? Well, that see, doesn't you know, seem like, the, fine, see, like but, the best conclusion. But I don't think that's it, though, because doctors have such a free hand with prescribing stuff. As we all know, in America, they give you pills for anything. And so it was sort of interesting to me that she wouldn't. She's like, I don't want to give you anything. And she's like, it might do more harm than good, so I want you to see a clinical psychiatrist. So it's not like, I don't think they're just itching to get me on something, because if that was the case, look, she gave me Ativan, and I just blinked at her. Can I get some Ativan? Yes. And she just gave it to me. So I know you resist the whole idea I of this. I do resist I totally resist it. And I find it sketchy, because I've dealt, you know, like, not the... My, you know, my father being the, you know, not being included in this. Just like doctors want to push things on you, and if she couldn't find something wrong, she's like, I don't know what to give you. Maybe it's because the simple truth is you don't need to be on anything. And instead, like, since she ran out of ideas, it's like, well, let's give you Tim is nodding else. sagely at this whole thing. To give you to someone else to get you, make sure you get into the system and, like, get on pills and, you know, be all, you know, crazy. Her tone of voice implied that it's not that they couldn't find anything wrong with me. Her tone of voice was such that the way she phrased it, it was almost like, she saw so many things wrong with me, she couldn't quite figure no, out exactly how to get a handle on it. they're not doing their job. You've been going to your psychiatrist or whoever for, like, a couple months, and you've been waiting for this. Obviously, if they haven't figured out something now, I don't think there's anything wrong with you. I love you, Sarah Dillon. No, she's not doing her job. Like, what? I think, well, I don't know what to do. Let's keep pawn you off on somebody else who can find some fake symptoms for you. Bastards. Let's go give her a beatdown. Uh, all right. Makes me mad. So, what do you think, Tim Riley? Absolutely agree. Were you listening? They just want to put you into the system. Yes. All right. Into the combine is cheaper. Exactly. You know what? They just want to dumb you down. Pretty soon, it's going to be like, oh, not having anything fun to talk. You about. know what's great about this is in conversations like this, it's where I'm sort of it, like Tim is the sort of voice of 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 just uh, left-brained reason, and then I'm just the voice of emotion going, I, I don't really know what's going on, and then you're all id, you're all over there going, it's the system, man, the system's out of order. I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. Richie wants to know if he should call Sam Adams and ask his advice. No, <laughs> it's funny, but thank you. Um, I think Richie will, uh, might get to meet Sam Adams tonight. Oh, that's right. So we're going to the Willamette Week party tonight. Oh, that's there's so much. I feel bad. There's all. I look at all these notes from yesterday. Most of which are not about my doctor. They're about insane things that happened at the hospital. Yeah, there was. It was just a crazy yeah, day yesterday. Hospital's a crazy. Place. I I have all of this insane uh, stuff that happened to me yesterday on the way to the doctor, which I wrote down. Uh, we have that. We have to talk about the Willamette thing, and in fact, that we probably should have done it earlier. I feel bad that we're sort of neglecting it here. Um, so again, we talked about this yesterday, and we, we thanked everybody. But but yeah, I wrote a, a big blog post about this. But thank you to everybody who voted for us. Um, so we won the, the the Willamette, you know, best radio show uh, award. And so so thank you to everybody who voted. And it, it really does. It is not taken for granted. It is not ever unappreciated. So thank you to everybody. Um, and uh, all our congratulations, though, also go out to Aaron Geek in the City Duran. One uh, best blog. Yeah, so Geek in the City won best blog. Let me see if I can find it oh, here. I have it out. Do you have it? The great thing about, because everything has to be about us, is that I think in congratulating Aaron and giving him the award, I think they actually mentioned us. Let me see if I can. Here we go. This is. Well, if it wasn't for us, there would be no him. And can you see this? It's three in a row Geek in the City, Carl Click, and us. Um, it says here, um, let's see. Uh, best blog that isn't a waste of time, geekinthecity.com. Uh, it says, how did a snappily written but shamelessly nerdy blog about movies, games, and comics beat out previous poll winners like Jack Boggs' blog, which I've never heard of? Simple. Writer Aaron Duran, the guy best known for organizing an effort to change the name of Southeast 42nd Avenue to Douglas Adams Boulevard, leveraged his regular appearances as a guest on... On where, Rick Emerson? The Rick Emerson Show, to get out the vote. 
So there you go. Runner-up was Portland Food and Drink to Hakam. So congratulations. Uh, long time coming uh, for Aaron Durant. He's been uh, working on He's been pushing that rock uphill for, for many years now. So uh, congratulations to Aaron Geek of the City Duran, also to Carl Click, uh, and then uh, also to us. So, uh, so thanks for that. And then t- so tonight there's the Willamette Week. Uh, so there's the party or the whatever the thing. It's a way fancier party than we deserve. The shindig. Like, we're just going to stand out like... Yeah. And, and Richie is going as me. Well, that's the other thing. So Sarah sort of lives for things like this because there's free booze and there's people. and there's I just kind of like to hide on the outskirts and drink the free booze, though. And, and then I, people watching. And then, of course, I already have all this, like, preemptive, like, uh, this preemptive guilt about, like, going to going to an exclusive party or whatever, which seems like a thing. It's like that time I went to a Christmas party at a country club where it's like I just didn't belong. But the best part, and here's the reason it's all going to be worthwhile, is because... Richie Bristol is going to be going wearing a name tag that says Tim Riley, with Tim's permission, by the way. Yes, because who in Willamette would know what I look like, really? Well, and I... Tim gave Richie permission to act however he wanted to. Yes, please. So Richie will be at the Willamette Week Best of Portland party tonight, claiming that he is Tim Riley. Mm-hmm. So if you see, like, you know, the Inquirer camped out outside your house some one of these days, Tim, then you'll know why that's happening. Hey, that's fine. I give him my bliss. Yeah. And Rick Emerson, if you're nervous, I have that's a friend you. who's going to the party, and they said that they shall bring you some Viking and a few so desire. Really? Is that friend Heather? Nerves. No. Oh. But but a friend of yours is bringing Viking. But Heather Heather will be coming. To take it to, a Viking as a chaser for my Ativan? <laughs> this is going to be kind of amusing. Yes, it is. See, I find see if you do if you do your like little drugs, you know, casually and not every day, that's fine. But if you get all numbed out and like all your brain candy, well, I, again, in my own defense, I mean, it's just it, it, I really have taken that very, very sporadically in my life, uh, and that's what I actually told the doctor. I said, you know, I said, well, I took the Ativan once, and I don't even think I ever got it refilled. But I do. But I, you know what it is? I look back on that period when I took Ativan the way some people look back on, like, summer camp or, like, uh, like a particularly great college professor they had. Where it was a few years ago, but, boy, you always think back on it. You think back and you'll pine for I those days. I think back on my mini thin days. That, see, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I suppose you could probably get that stuff somewhere you now. Can, you can ship it in, but you have to, not in this country. Yeah, see, and like I, but I don't do that because that would just, because then you're just a junkie. So I don't do that, but you know what? I look back on the days when those things were legal and I think, wow, what a golden time that was. That's how it is with Ativan. So, and Jay Moore style, I've just got him sitting there, might not even take him, but it gives me a warm glow just to know they're there. There doesn't seem to be a week that goes by on this program. Somebody doesn't seek medical assistance. <laughs> <laughs> that really is true. Oh, Jesus. All right. Well, I, we don't have time to talk about any of the stuff in the hospital, but we'll do it. We'll do it later on. So don't let me forget about this. Um, we should take a break here. We're going to have Lisa Desjardins around the corner. Later on, uh, CNN Radio correspondents Ed McCarthy, Jim Roop. Uh, we'll do the top five. Top five ballads that ruined a ban and Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Stay there. Back after this. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, CNN radio correspondents James Roof, Ed McCarthy, uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And we'll do today's uh, top five. Top five ballads that ruined a band. It's 503-733-2970. Let us now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from the hill. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. How are you today? Hello. How are you? I am fantastic. I meant to ask you, by the way, because you're, <coughs> pardon me, you're trying to burn all this vacation. Did, yeah. did you do anything interesting while you were gone, or was it just sort of sitting around staring blankly at a wall? No. You know, a lot of this is actually, it's just election prep. I'm just doing a bunch of election studying, mainly, sadly. That's and okay. also, also help, and uh, you know, helping mom. All right, well, that's because you're, you're friend, painting my friend's house. You're a good person. 
I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, never mind. I don't know. It seems like I've tread, I've trod upon lame. a sensitive area, perhaps. I just feel lame. Oh, no. sister, you don't you don't know from lame. Uh, the the, 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 the nobody lame. I'm industrial strength lame. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, here's here's how lame I am. Here's a, here's a little brief conversation that happened between my wife and I last night. She got home uh, kind of late from work, and it was that thing of like uh, we haven't gone, we haven't like a like a grocery shopping trip in a while. There's not a whole lot in the house. Um, there's you know some sort of like frozen crap and whatever. So my wife goes into the kitchen, she opens the freezer, and she goes, I don't know. I mean, I could have the same thing as I've had the last two nights, but that just makes me feel like I'm you know like I'm the most boring person on earth. And I actually said to her. I said, you know, I said, sweetie, you know, when you're out of town for like 12 days, sometimes I go 8, 9, 10, 12 days in a row where I have exactly the same thing every night. And as Patton Oswald would say, I just sit there on the sofa in a dimly lit room staring blankly into the middle distance while shoveling gruel into my face, just not not speaking, not moving. So, I mean, really, there's compared to myself, I mean, you are a Busby Berkeley production. <laughs> So you just keep wow. that. You can just carry that around on a laminated in your wallet. Um, wow, cha cha cha. So let me ask you this: How do I phrase this? Our good friend John Edwards. Oh, you know, I'm glad that I'm prepared on this topic. So I, I mean, I, I don't wish to make you feel uh, awkward or uncomfortable by bringing us something for the National Enquirer and something that's sort of scurrilous. But I mean, and is it? Drudge, it right? is I guess. Here, here's my question: Is it, does it does it even matter? By which I mean, was there any sort of serious traction uh, from your perspective between Edwards and Obama in terms of maybe the, the number two slot that this is going to sort of screw up? You know, the last report we had on this is when Obama met with the Congressional Black Caucus. And during that meeting, several members of the Black Caucus said, you know, are you considering this person? Are you considering that person? And uh, asked the Black Caucus members asked him and his, his staff, uh, you know, what about John Edwards? And I think I think it was actually at that point, I, you know, I, I misspoke. I think it was the Vice Presidential Search Committee, not Obama himself, that met with the Black Caucus. And... And they, the members of the Black Caucus say they were told that Edwards is under consideration, that they said, John Edwards, and they said, yes, we're considering him. Sam Nunn, yes, considering him. So that's why John Edwards got on the radar is from that meeting with the Congressional Black Caucus when they pointedly asked about his name. That said, up until just yesterday, John Edwards had basically said that, you know, he's continually said, and he said yesterday, he doesn't think he's going to get the job. He doesn't think uh, he's really under serious consideration. But it's fascinating that it was it was uh, in the last two days that John Edwards said uh, if Barack Obama, you know, wanted him to do it, that, of course, he would give it consideration. Other, a few other Democrats have said, no, we, we're not, we don't want to be vice president, we're out. Not the case with John Edwards, of course. Now, here comes... Uh, the classic love child, uh, you know, scandal rag story about John Edwards. And I assume, you know, your listeners already hip to the whole backstory here. Well, we could uh, just give the, the brief, the, the sort of uh, the thumbnail sketch of it, which is, uh, and, and I should say, in terms of full disclosure, as they say, uh, we have on this program every every week, every Thursday, we talk to the National Enquirer. We talk to one oh, of their hey, one of their writers. Tomorrow, uh, hey. and, and I have to tell you, we place great, uh, we have great faith in the National Enquirer. We really do. As strange really? as that may right. as strange as that may sound, and I know that as a CNN reporter, you may look askance at that. Um, but the National Enquirer, in my experience, 
uh, since 1978, I think it was, whenever it was that Carol Burnett it just sued the living pants off of them yeah. uh, for saying that she was a lush. Um, the National Enquirer, actually, and this is what they call a checkable fact, is, for its circulation, the least sued paper in America. Uh, I would also note that the National Enquirer, at this point, does not... It's one thing if they say, sources claim, or there are those close to... Kirstie Alley, who say that she eats buckets of lard every night with a spoon, or whatever. If they, if they just sort of pawn it off on just sort of amorphous sort of deep background sources. But if the National Enquirer just says, look, this is the case, it's true, this is the fact, I mean, I believe that it's the fact. They don't, in my experience, they don't say it unless they've got it. So, that being said... They're not hinting or sort of, uh, you know, being coy about it. They're just flat out saying it's the case, which, to a large degree, that's good enough for me. Uh, <laughs> well, it does sound like they had some some sort of, uh, I don't know, kind of Red Rover reporters holding hands surrounding the hotel, making sure that all entrances were covered and right. all the stairwells were covered, and they had... They you know, they got a good tip that John Edwards was going to be there with this woman. They say they had the entrances covered. Their reporter saw him go in. Then at, I guess, 2.40 in the morning, the Inquirer says, L.A. time, uh, they caught him in a back stairwell. Right, right. And that he ran, the best, he ran into a bathroom, according to their reports, for 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> wow. Well, and, and just we should say, for the record, doesn't matter to me. I don't care. We pass no moral judgment. I, you know, seriously, I don't care to sleep with a whole hockey team. I don't care. It really doesn't bother me, except when you were talking about, and I, as I believe John Edwards has done, when you were sort of trying to act as a kind of moral barometer, uh, for either your country or, or, or your party or both. Uh, so, you know, and playing, just in terms of, you know, the real politic, you just sort of get into trouble with these kinds of things. Well, um, one advantage he has, of course, is that he's a Democrat. Of course. So, <laughs> he's never, never been too high on the moral horse. The way I, I, I just by dint of being in the, in the Democratic Party, he only has so much moral standing. Um, that's <laughs> me, is, that's me know, saying that. That's, I hope that didn't come out that way. That's me saying that. Well, and here's the other thing is, and I have always been fascinated by the by the mechanisms of the media covering itself. And I mean, we we first saw this in the Monica Lewinsky case when, how do I put this? This is I can just talk about this forever. But the the, the machinations or machinations I never know how you pronounce that uh, of the media where. At this point, it's like the, the, the so-called mainstream media doesn't even really need to report a story at this point. All they need to do is report that it is being reported by other people. And that's how it sort of leads. But is that responsible? I mean, well, probably not. I don't think CNN is reporting this story. We're not reporting that it's been reporting. I'm aware of it, so I'm talking to you about it. But I, I, I guess. I, I mean, I'll admit, you know, I definitely put a couple of phone calls out today around, you know, people I know around Washington to see if this was getting any play, if people kind of in the Edwards camp, outside the Edwards camp, were paying any attention to it, and nothing. It's sort of a cellular osmosis thing, uh, too, whereas, and I think the definitive example was when Michael Isikoff had that story about Bill Clinton and a White House intern, and then Newsweek spiked the story, and so when Drudge broke that story in 98, I think it was, uh, he didn't really... He didn't even really say, like, look, Bill Clinton did this. All he said was, 
Newsweek has spiked a story in which they were going to say blah, 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 blah. So in this sort of weird, thrice-removed kind of way, that's how the story sort of leaches in. I agree with you that it might not be a big thing unless Edwards makes any sort of other move or statement or whatever, which seems increasingly unlikely, about that number two slot, at which point this will immediately be brought to bear, as they say. Well, I'm sure the Obama vetters are aware, and I, I think even before this, though, he wasn't really in serious contention for that slot. I, I just... It it just doesn't seem like anyone was really seriously talking about him, and he, and he didn't think that either. I think that this story definitely will affect his future career because he is still a young man. He still had a very large potential political career, either back in the Senate or maybe in North Carolina, maybe back in the – who knows? I mean, he really – he, he was still someone of very important note, and and still is in, in the Democratic Party. He, you know, he he is the man who he kind of picked up uh, Ted Kennedy's uh, mantra on poverty and on speaking for the lower class, which is you know really important uh, part of the Democratic Party advocacy. The two Americas, and to, yeah, and and also also to America, and you know I think this. This is a potential problem for his for his career well, and, and for his issue. But, well, you know, we'll see how this shakes out. We don't know. Maybe Bob Novak will take him off the front page. I mean, maybe it was a lookalike. We don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, so I think so. Maybe maybe Bob Novak will uh, you know will distract <laughs> right. everybody. Nice. And have you talked about that story? Uh, we well only not not yet only because there's really only so many moments in the day. So we're just sort of taking them as they come over the transom. Uh, Fantastic story. Oh no, we're all queued up. No, Tim. No, Tim Riley, news director, has has he's teed up like four different Bob news uh, Bob Novak things we're going to do later on today. So yeah, just just as you uh, you know get into that story, I personally know that in that story it talks about how there was a 2001 incident where he I guess uh, you know cursed out a pedestrian. Mm -hmm. um, I know that pedestrian really. And apparently, and 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 it's it's put as though it was he was a jaywalker and that Bob Novak can't stand jaywalkers. But uh, my friend says, not not so much, really, that the light had just turned green and he was starting to cross because he had the light. But uh, so Bob Novak. Bob Novak seems like he's at any moment about one. He just seems like he's on the hair trigger of a, of a nervous meltdown, <laughs> like at any like on the knife edge of sort of emotional collapse at any second. So like at like at any he seems like William Donahue, if you know who that is from the Catholic League. Yes. Yes. He seems a lot like just at any second, like all of his internal moorings are going to come loose, and he's just going to begin screaming at you. You know, I'm surprised South Park hasn't really done much with, with well, Novak. Well, who knows? It, it has with, with the Catholic League. It's entirely... And I'm Catholic, so, yeah, you know, and any story, back to Novak, any story that includes the words, splayed across the windshield... <laughs> And a Corvette. He was in a, in a Corvette. Corvette convertible. Oh, well. Fantastic. On K, literally on K Street. Jesus. Um, 18th and K, which is like the kind of cliche lobbyist corner of Washington. Did you ever watch that show K Street? You know what? I was. I had such hopes for Underwhelming. it. Underwhelming. Oh, so disappointing. Yeah. That was really. That was sad. That was. I put it in the category of good try. Maybe next time. I don't know. Yeah, I really had such hope. Yeah. Even, I stuck by them, too. I'm to the bitter end. <laughs> I did. And it just never, never... That was like me with Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Just stuck oh. with it all the way down, going down with the ship, hoping it would somehow right itself. I was just thinking about that. Uh, hey, but I, I know there was sort of all over the place. Is, is there anything else that, uh, that the people absolutely need to know about? Yeah, there's the super giant housing bill actually is about to make its way through the house probably in the next hour and a half. 
And this is really, uh, this is with all the works, they've now put together the bill to try and uh, help people who are facing foreclosure, to help towns that already have had foreclosures. On top of that, they have stacked a heaping helping of bailout potential for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which is sort of a separate subject, but they're putting that in this bill. Also in this bill, uh, they're expanding uh, the national debt limit for the country, so essentially expanding the credit limit for this for the U.S., allowing the U.S. to get farther into debt, all in the same bill. Um, I guess the only thing that might affect people directly is if you're at risk for foreclosure, this is something to watch for sure, or if you want to buy a new home, uh, this bill looks like it will probably get through Congress by this weekend. We'll see. Uh, it has a set, that $7,500 tax credit, which is straight-up money. It's not a deduction. $7,500. If you are go if you buy, if you are a new homeowner and you have bought between April of this year and July of next year. You know, if this were a Douglas Adams novel, we would really be like one week away from us going to some other uh, planet and going to one of those payday loans place, places. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where there's, uh, look, uh, Earth needs to take out a consolidation loan. If we can, can we sign the title over to uh, the Atlantic Ocean? Great, that's great. Well, no, we'll look. I, I mean, uh, I don't know what the vig is, but we'll we'll be we'll, well, well. I mean, we'll get the print. We'll we'll give you like a hundred dollars next week, and then uh, you know we'll work something out after that. So right. I worry that you know other other countries, uh, especially perhaps large Asian countries, are going to say, well. We'll forgive a million if you will get your entire country to do a synchronized dance. <laughs> See, that's why, that's really, I mean, you just sort of hope for those sort of things, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what you wait for just, if I was the leader of a country, I would absolutely do something like that. Yes, yes. I will, look, if you replace the Statue of Liberty with a uh, giant bust of B. Arthur, we will forgive 4% of your debt today. So. All right, uh, we got to run Lisa Desjardins. Were you on tomorrow? Um, I am on tomorrow, yes. All right, we will talk to you then. Enjoy your afternoon. Okay, you too. There you go. Lisa Desjardins. Can never go wrong making a B. Arthur joke, by the way. With two seconds to spare, I'm proud. That's what I do. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, what's going on, man? What's up? Hey, I was wondering if you had heard or seen the sequel to War Games okay. that came out. Okay, I'm very unclear about this because, so, when my wife and I went to see Wanted... Uh, that Angelina Jolie movie a few weeks ago. So we're sitting there, and they were talking about, hey, in the theater is going to be this director's cut of the original War Games with you know the, the previously unseen footage and whatever. And when I at school, and they said, all because of the sequel, War Games 2, which I sort of thought was going to be like a theatrical thing, but now somebody's saying that it's already it's already been released. It's like a straight-to-DVD thing. Well, I thought it was in the theater. To... No, it's not in the theater. It's, it's supposed to, it was supposed to be released, uh, I think, next week, but it got leaked onto the Internet. Is it? Have you watched it? Uh-huh. Is it bad? Uh, I'll just say this. Uh, every original actor from the movie managed to dodge that, that bullet by really? not carrying it, except for one. There was one Dabney character. Dabney Coleman. No. Um, Jesus, I, I, this is not Ali Sheedy. Uh, well, let me uh, let me give you a clue. It's not a human. Oh, God, it's Joshua. Well, or the Whopper. Or the, the Whopper. The, the uh, actual Whopper. The actual Whopper, really? Yeah, the computer, the actual big. Uh, I mean, what, what? How would that even? Is it like in a museum or something? Um, no. But don't worry that you're spoiling it for me. It's okay, not like it's Citizen right. Kane. Right. What happens is like there's a new there's a new computer um, called Ripley, uh -huh. which I have no idea what that is an ac acronym for. Well, that's never... just, it's got to be just a little shout out, right? That's a little sci-fi shout out. It's got to be. Yeah, and uh, so. You know, same sort of thing. The you know the guy plays a game, then the computer thinks it's real, and you know World War Three is getting ready to strike, and uh, and so then they go and find Professor, excuse me, uh, Professor Falcon, right, who lives in this uh, this bunker, 
and he actually has the Whopper computer, like hooked up to a bunch of old computers. Oh. And, and he and he goes in to fight Ripley with the Whopper. Oh God! Is it the same actor that's playing Falcon? No. <laughs> and and uh, and, uh, and the actor that plays him doesn't even try to fake a British accent. Oh, that's just sad. Well, see, now I have to watch it. Now it's just so bad I got to see it. All right, thank you. It was really strange because. The movie was terrible, but I couldn't stop watching it. Well, no, there's movies like that where you're like, this is awful. And then you just, and then you pause it and you get some popcorn and you come back and you keep watching. No, I've done that myself. All right. <laughs> thank you, my friend. Yeah, thank you. All right, there you go. Hello, Joshua. Let's welcome now the show from the South. Now I have to watch it. CNN Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you? I am fantabulous. How's life, Ed? How are things? Well, good. We're back. Back at Adam today for the first time in a while here, which is good. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about this nutcase. Uh, that's my opinion. Uh, Warren Jeffs, this guy from the fundamental. I gotta be. And here's the thing: is every time I get this wrong, my wife, who is no longer Mormon but who was raised Mormon, yells at me about this every time I get this wrong. He is not from the. Latter-day Saint Church, and he is not from the RLDS, or Reformed Latter-day Saint Church. He is from the Fundamentalist Church of Correct. Jesus Christ of Latter-day, the FLDS. So not the RLDS, the FLDS, and those distinctions, I guess, do, do, do matter some, to some folks. So so what have they charged him with a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah, they have, as a matter of fact. So, you know, he's already facing a sentence in Utah up to life in prison. So now uh, he's awaiting trial uh, in Arizona, and he could face a possible second uh, life sentence in Texas if convicted on the new charge, which is now sexually assaulting a child. That coming from the Texas Attorney General's office. So the conviction on the charge, it's a first-degree felony, basically would mean a maximum penalty of 5 to 99 years or life in prison and a fine of up to $10,000, uh, according to the Attorney General in Texas. But uh, it won't be uh, really known uh, for a while when Jeffs will be brought to Texas from Arizona where he's being held to face the new charge. Now, is it just is it just him? Is there anybody else? Because they have like 10,000 people in this church. Well, they've got a bunch. And, uh, you know, also indicted were five members of uh, the sect that uh, Warren Jeffs is in. Uh, they had heads uh, of those four. They're charged with sexually assaulting uh, girls under the age of 17. Uh, one of the four faces an additional charge of bigamy, and there is a fifth uh, charged with three counts of failing to report child abuse. They well, did not uh, list any of those names of those people. Yeah, so I got, I got two things. Maybe you, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but two things. A, at some point, are they going to, like, talk to the people who are – because, I mean, I don't know if this was just on the outskirts of, of nowhere, but it seems like you you can't have a whole compound full of people – with these with child brides and just this weird sex temple thing that they believe you can't have all that without somebody kind of knowing what's going on in there it would seem like it seems like somebody had to have known yeah, well it would seem that way you know he's a so-called prophet in the group uh, and there are 10,000 members uh, they have that yearning for Zion Ranch outside El Dorado Texas they got a couple of towns that straddle the Utah Arizona state line I guess it's Hilldale Utah yeah. and Colorado City Arizona so you know Texas authorities they were taking some DNA samples from Jefferson May saying at the time they were looking into the allegation that he spiritually married four girls ranging in age from 12 to 15. So uh, they have really uh, gone deep into this. And also uh, today, or tomorrow I should say, uh, on Capitol Hill, there will be uh, discussions about this uh, because the uh, U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee is planning to hold a hearing on polygamy and what they say is the need for a coordinated state and federal response. So when is it, where, what, where are all these kids now, these like 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids? Are they back at the church? Are they in a foster home? Or where, where are they at now? Oh, recently they were they were sent back uh, back with the uh 
the family uh, because uh, the Texas Supreme Court had overturned all of that. But uh, apparently the uh, Texas Attorney General is uh, continuing uh, his push to to get this thing going and, and move a, a step further. So we've got, uh, you know, anteing up the, and tightening the notch just a, more, a bit more on Warren Jeffs and his followers with, uh, with these new indictments. This is a world filled with weirdos and McCarthy. really is. <laughs> All right, my friend. As always, a pleasure. We'll talk to you very soon, sir. Thanks, Thank Rick. You. Thank you, Ed McCarthy. All right. <sighs> For the love of God, uh, by the way, uh, I guess we'll talk about this more later on. We talk about Powell's books at Cedar Hills Crossing. But really, if you want to know... What? Oh, you actually have a Powell's Live coming up, like, first spot of this next break. Oh, never mind. I'll make everybody wait then. Uh, here's what's coming up. we got uh, Jim Rube coming up later on. Top five ballads that ruined a band. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, Tim Ryan will join us. Geek Watch coming up. Uh, Darwin Watch on the way. Oh, and Richie, did you get this thing from Richie, this email? I sure did. So I haven't really had a chance to read it. I saw the subject line and the, 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 the general tone of it, the thrust of it. I looked at it either. I figured that we could talk yeah, about look it at with it him later. on the air. Oh, and we'll talk to Richie, who I guess is going to the Willamette Week party tonight, uh, as Tim Riley. So we'll, we'll do that. Uh, let's take a break. Back after this with Tim Riley and the Ministry of Truth. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Show, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We resume things around the corner. Stay where you are. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Still to come, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Sound clip inventory. We'll talk to Richie Bristol prior to his trip to uh, Vegas, which is happening. Uh, he leaves this weekend. Uh, and top five, top five songs, uh, top five ballads that ruined a band. Uh, this, however, is Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The new time is brought to you by Lace Auto Collision Centers. Find us in collision repair. Go to lace.com and find out what Lace can do for you. Big Fire, Portland Fire Crews, battling a three-alarm commercial flyer near the airport. You can see the towering black plume of smoke rising from a warehouse. This warehouse is that of the Buckaroo Thermoseal Company, a roofing and insulation contractor. Buckaroo Thermoseal doesn't even sound like a real business. I mean, I'm sure it obviously it is. It just doesn't, it doesn't sound like that. I'm sure their insurance company would love to hear that, too. I work for the outer space firm of Buckaroo Thermoseal and conglomerates. That sounds... Buckaroo Thermoseal? Yes. So I'm not trying to make fun of the business because I know they're having a bit of a day. Um, but Buckaroo Thermoseal sounds like that uh, Sounds like that fake uh, firm that's at the beginning of the meaning of life. The, uh, what is it? the Crimson Permanent Assurance. Never mind. I'm sorry. I, I retract all the jokes. All right. Well, it I broke out shortly after 10 o'clock this morning. And the 11,000 block of Northeast Marks. The building contains insulation material, no reports of injuries. It may have been spreading next door to the AMB Sheep Metal Company. So uh, you can see black smoke everywhere. It's a three-alarmer. So that's what it's from. A man trying to change a flat tire in the I-205 early uh, this morning was hit by a passing driver who left him just lying in the road. Is he dead? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, let's see here. 
Anyway, the guy was traveling north when he said one of his tires on the Ford pickup went flat. He pulled out the shoulder to change the tire around 2 a.m. Bad time. Wait, so wait, wait, was he changing his own tire or yeah. somebody else's? No, his. Oh, okay, because I was going to say this is more of our, lends more credence to our uh, moral that you should never help anyone. Yeah. All right. But he changing... shouldn't be changing a tire at 2 a.m. No, I mean. Your finer citizens aren't out traveling around Georgia yeah, at, two... at the moon. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. There's 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 probably not. What should we do what? tonight? Well, let's stay up late and take a ride at 2 a.m. Let's take a leisurely stroll down the highway at posted speed limits, following all regulations. No, I'm leaving Tigard even like at you know three o'clock in the morning after Batman was scary oh, on I five because people swerving around. Couple and things. A, uh, can I tell you that uh, a? Well, I don't even know where to start. A, I try never. This is a thing that my dad drilled into me when I was a kid that I never. I try never to drive. Immediately before or immediately after, like when the bars close. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you just. I mean, it's just that. That's just common sense. Uh, so I tried. What was this? Two a.m. Yes. So that would have been right around the time when you should just not be on the road. And if you have to be on the road, your car. You know what? That's why God gave you a cell phone. Uh, and I would say this, and I think the evidence bears this out. Even if you don't have a cell phone, here we are like criticizing the guy as he's laying in intensive care. But come on, I'm just saying. There are certain lessons here to be learned by the kids. The lesson is, don't stand by the side of the road. You have a cell phone call for a taxi. If you don't, I would even say this, that you are better off locking your car and very carefully walking along the shoulder of the road until you can, at the first opportunity, get off the road. Uh, because and another at least, thing. Why don't you get AAA and pull your pants up? <laughs> Cut that hair. Uh, also, what was my other point going to be? Wait, hold on. Looking at the moon. Oh, this. So you were saying it didn't, you didn't like leaving. Boy, when we left the dark night in Tigard uh, last Thursday night, Friday morning, first of all, the cops were just everywhere. It's like you could tell they were just laying in wait because they knew there's a bunch of people who were just going to be trying to get home as fast as possible. Can I tell you this? On the way home yesterday, I was driving up Powell. I, I don't know what it is. Somebody must have flipped a switch somewhere. Somebody sent out like a reply all email to every cop in Portland saying, like, you must ticket as many people as possible. Because I saw five speed traps between, like, the Ross Island Bridge and about 34th. I saw five different speed traps. And I saw another three uh, sort of pullovers happening. So that's a total of eight cops at eight different points. And that's not that. There's only 34 blocks. So that between Ross Island Bridge and 34th and Powell, I saw eight different places where the cops were sort of sitting there waiting to pull people over. Mm. So there must have been... Oh, and and then this. Wait, hold on. I got one more thing since we're talking about traffic whatnots. Uh, let's see. Where did this go? Um, oh, I just had this. Hold on a second. Let me, let me find this. Um... It's something about, I guess there was a, I guess there was like a, there was a, oh, here we go. It was a, this is from Ryan. Uh, Rick, there's a bicycle sting going on today just east of the Broadway Bridge heading into downtown. So that's the second one of those that there's been in a week because there was one, I can't believe, where's my Ativan? Hold on a second. (laughs) I, uh, I'm not crazy. Uh, Hold on. Bicycle sting. Sarah, remind me to tell you about you being caught in a bicycle sting. I was caught in a bicycle sting. See? Caught in a bicycle sting. Were you? Were you? Was I? You weren't. Oh. But were you? No. Ah. I'm a, I am a law-abiding bike rider. Well, here's the thing. Remind me. Don't forget to Did talk to you about... Someone's claiming that they saw me do something that I did Somebody is claiming that you were caught on camera in a bicycle sting. I'm not making it up. So just remember that. Remember that. I was slipping off somebody on the Hawthorne Bridge. I didn't say that. Remember that because i got to read this. Did that really happen? 
Rick, there's a bicycle sting going on today. That is today, uh, uh, Wednesday, just east of the Broadway Bridge heading into downtown. I saw at least five motorcycle cops with bicyclists pulled over. I don't know whether they were giving out tickets or not. There was a cameraman there filming everything, too. Says, not sure of what, if any, laws they were breaking. Uh, but as a daily Portland driver, I did smile while I drove by these two-wheeled hippies as they were having it stuck to them by the man. Um, anyway, blah, blah, blah. Later, brother uh, Ryan. All right, thank you, Ryan. So that's going on today. Okay, here's a thing that was going on last week, and I'm sorry to be all over the place like early on, but there's so much to talk about. So last week... I get an email from our friend uh, Paul Halama, late of this station, now uh, working somewhere else in Portland Media, as they say. Um, so Paul Halama calls me, or he sends me an email, and he's like, hey, brother, I saw Sarah getting busted on, on, on KGW today. And I email back, and I, that's all he said. And I'm like, what? And so I email him back. I'm like, what do you mean you saw Sarah getting busted on KGW? And he says, they were doing a bicycle sting, and I saw Sarah get caught rolling through an intersection on her bike. And I said, where, what do you mean? He goes, oh, it was just on the last newscast. So I can't believe I didn't tell you about this. So I go to KGW, and I see the newscasting question, and I watch it. Uh, and the, what they were, KGW was doing this thing where they had two pe- they had people two blocks away on Clinton Street. And I know that you and I both use Clinton Street every now and again, or that general area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what they did is they would have some guy with a walkie-talkie. I like, rode on Clinton Street. Monday, but that's the last. Well, it wasn't you. That's the, okay. the the bottom line. But but they would they would sit there and a guy would wait and he would see a bicyclist roll through a stoplight or a stop sign without stopping. He would then radio ahead like guy on a green bike, the gray bag didn't stop. And so two blocks later, KGW would immediately step out like sixty minutes style and go, "Hey, sir, on a bicycle, you didn't stop back there. What's that about?" Camera like right in his face. <laughs> and then the bike. It was so great too because all the bicyclists would just deny it. They were like, I totally stopped. And then they would cut to the, and then like arrested development style. Like they would tell them. They go, but they didn't. They, well, they, but they would tell the guy, they go, hey, this is in the Purdue's newscast. They would say, hey, you, you didn't stop at that stop sign. And the bicyclist would say, I completely stopped. And then they would cut to the film with him going right through. I mean, it was so beautiful because they would, and every one of them denied it. No, no, no. I, I came to a full stop. And then they cut to the film. And like going right through the intersection. So they nailed all of these bicyclists for not stopping, which is pretty great. But there was a girl who biked by the camera. And she's going right through a stop sign, not stopping, not even slowing that. She blows right through the stop oh, sign yeah, like was... a jackass. Yeah. And so the, the KGW person was like, hey, you're going through the stop sign. Can we talk to you for a second? She's like, I'm late for work. Sorry. And she like waves and goes. And I think she gives them the finger and goes on. Um, and it wasn't your bicycle. And it wasn't your backpack, but I have to tell you, her voice sounded just like you. Oh, really? That's why he thought, and he's like, because I emailed back, and I go, hey, I checked it. It's not Sarah. And he's like, dude, it's totally her. And I said, no, I said, the, the bicycle's wrong. Voice is similar. Bicycle's wrong. He's like, are you sure? And it, I'm sure. So it wasn't you, but there was a girl who sounded and looked a lot like you getting busted on, on KGW. I have to say, if there's, like, not a car coming, I'll do a California stop. Yeah. Well, I'll stop, and, but I'll come to a stop, but sometimes I'll just, like, not put my feet down, and I'll check both ways and then go but i'll never blow through an intersection i value my life too much no if i didn't know it was you like if i didn't know i mean and i don't think he would do it anyway but if i didn't spot the bicycle i mean just if i had to go on voice it did sound a lot like you so not i clarified i'm like no no no. cbs radio portland encourages responsible cycling here's tim riley so it wasn't sarah x still it was not all right let's talk about something else then Two drivers who spotted speeding over 117 miles an hour on highway 22 in marion county and officer caught them both on radar. 
The deputy was patrolling when he spotted the first car, a Ford Mustang invitation to speeding. Uh, that was clocked at 123 miles an hour. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Moments later, a Honda Civic. You wouldn't think it could. But it got up to 117 miles an hour. So they noted the license plate and of the Civic and followed the Mustang. He was eventually able to pull over the driver of the Mustang, who was identified as 21-year-old Gavin Bonney for reckless driving, and he was taken to jail. Several hours later, the deputy located the second vehicle and went to the owner's home and gave the owner a ticket, a teenager, Joseph Smith of Salem. He, too, charged with careless driving. Uh, police, uh, Smith told police he was speeding in order to catch the license plate of the Mustang. <laughs> Believe it or not. The fine for speeding in excess of 100 miles an hour is $1,103. In your face. How do they arrive at that? $1,103. Uh you know what I've done? Uh, speaking of um, speaking of speeding and trying to get out of it, yeah. I remember at one point um, I was being like years ago. I forget where I was living. Maybe uh, maybe Utah, someplace. And I was driving along at night, and a cop. It wasn't like a radar gun thing where he was like facing me. It's like I was driving and he was pacing me, which I've always thought was crap anyway. But they shouldn't be allowed to to, to ticket you. Uh, by pacing and keep them. I've got a speeding ticket for ten years, probably. Oh, yeah, because they pace you and then try to get you to speed, even when they're. Well, that's speeding. the thing is, it's like then you've got two. Look, if I'm driving recklessly on the on the road, and he's going to find it out by pacing me, well, then all you've got is two cars driving at seventy miles an hour on, in a school zone. I mean, I understand they say, well, cops are trained how to drive and whatever and blah blah blah, but it still seems fundamentally dangerous. It's like you're doubling the amount of speeding vehicles in a in a zone at any given time. It just seems like if they can't get you with a radar gun or some, if they can't immediately get you to stop, they shouldn't be allowed to pace you. That seems dangerous. Mm -hmm. What do I know? Um, but so the guy is pacing me. He's coming up behind me. And I guess the deal is they accelerate until they are no longer gaining on you or something or whatever. And then they track you at that speed and that distance for like three blocks or something. Anyway, so as I, and this is true, as the cop was coming up behind me, it's pitch black. I just see these um, these lights on my rearview mirror. And then I'm and I'm like, well, well that's kind of weird. Somebody's really close to me and seems to be following me. Maybe I'll go down a side street and see what happens because I can't tell who it is. So I go down a side street. This car in my rearview mirror follows me down this sort of side street that you would never have any reason to go down. And so I, I just then in my paranoid delusion just figured it was like some guy out to like whack me. I'm like, oh, that's it. It's it's the it's the mob. They're after me. And so then I just started speeding up to like pee. I just started speeding up to get away. I'm You've like, watched way too much Sopranos. Seriously, I'm like, well, seriously, just like some dark road late at night. Some guy close up on my on my ass, uh, following me down a deserted road. I'm just a little freaky. Mm -hmm. uh, and so finally he hits the lights and he pulled up and he's like, Sir, can you tell me why you were going in excess of you know 85 miles an hour, you know, or whatever? And I just said, I go, Yeah. I, Thought you were chasing me. And he said, I was chasing you. You were speeding. <laughs> and I said, oh. And then it's like, what are you going to say? Then you realize you just, there's no point in arguing with the cop. But it can be a little freaky with the, you know, you with the guy doing that. thought he was chasing you? Well, he was chasing me, as it turned out. I mean, it's not like I imagined it. It turned out he was chasing me. Chasing me to ticket me because I kept speeding to get away from so him. not so much chasing you because he's a mobster trying to kill no, you. No, but in my head it made sense. And those things oh, always... I see. I thought you said... You, he thought you were chasing him because you thought he was a cop. And we're trying to get away no, from because it's pitch black. All I could see is the headlights. And I'll look in my rearview mirror. All I can tell is on this windy, like, kind of out-of-the-way road, there's some mysterious pair of headlights tailgating me at a really high speed. And then because I was like, well, that's weird. I'm going to see who I can lose whoever this is because it's freaking me out. I go down a little side road that no one would ever really use. The car follows me down the side road. 
And I'm like, well, that is freaking me out. I'm going to get away from this car. Uh, but, of course, he was following me to ticket me. So, hoist by my did own Did you get guitar. a ticket or a Oh, I did. No, he, no I got I hella got a ticket. Yes. Here's Tim Riley. Get ready for 20 new invasive pests coming to Oregon. Yes, Oregon is facing new threats from invasive species that could cause environmental and economic damage. Scientists and state officials who gathered at the first Oregon Invasive Species Summit. That sounds like a great time. Uh, talked about ways to reduce the damage from these pests. They've identified 20 new insects and snails new to Oregon since 2007, including some, well, that can rage destruction upon this entire state. That's great. How could, I don't understand how that works, though. How could there be 20 new types of insects in the last year? Well, they had to do something to get people to come to this convention. But, I mean, from where would they come? Where? Oh, from where did they Are we come? ordering them in the mail? It, it doesn't say are where they are they being sent here? Are they, the Chinese shooting them over here with rockets? Well, that could be. I suppose. The red Chinese? In insectual warfare. By the way, the state has already lost the battle against some invading species, including the New Zealand mud snail and the European paper wasp. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's threatening, but it sounds so cute. Uh, well, the there, was, there was a wasp in my car the other day. That'll freak you out. Wasps are no good. They're big, hangy legs. Well, and here's the thing. The difference between wasps and bees, A, wasps, uh, wasps can sting you repeatedly. Uh, and also, uh, bees, of course, only sting defensively, whereas I think wasps just do it because it's fun. I think, I think they just sting you because they you don't like you. You're yeah, I do. I think, I think I remember being taught that. Maybe it's an old wives' tale, but that they're just sort of a, they're like rats. Because, you know, they're like with mice, mice will only bite you if they're cornered or you try to touch them and they're threatened or whatever, whereas rats actually just kill things because they like it. I remember being taught that in, bi in biology class. They said, you know, rats kill for sport, which always sort of struck me as kind of cool. Uh, like they were just sort of out with like switchblades and zip guns just looking for trouble at night. Oh, by the way, uh, well, never mind. Never mind. Never Don't mind. tell us. No, 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 really. We're going to stop what we're doing until we find out. <laughs> I like Gouda cheese. All right. That's what I thought. Yeah. Time for a Darwin watch. Here's your Darwin watch for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Show. I have a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down. Don't, don't, don't. I need all my caps. Don't, don't, don't. My parents won't let me use scissors. Don't, don't, don't. Another one busted up. Don't, don't, don't. Another one busted up. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one busted up. Yeah. A tourist needing to use the restroom at a railroad station was killed by urinating on the live track. <laughs> the victim was electrocuted after he crept into a recess to relieve himself. He thought the urine splashed on the line was safe, but it killed him instantly. <laughs> when a 750-volt charge leaked up at him. Wow. Staff found his body, and he was filmed on closed-circuit TV going into a nook. Oh, at, that's great. At Hall, South London. And it's on camera. And to come out, yeah. He is a 41-year-old married teacher from Poland and is believed to have been visiting Britain to improve his English. <laughs> well, what is English for? Ah! It took police a week okay. to identify the victim after the tragedy that happened around 5 p.m. <laughs> the station has no toilets. <laughs> a source says perhaps because he was from Poland, he had no idea that the rail was electrified. His family back home are heartbroken. Don't... Well, I mean... I would imagine that heartbroken uh, it, it closely follows uh, shamed 
Okay. Embarrassed, mortified, humiliated. I mean, who doesn't? What is it? Is the theory that that the that the, the sort of trains or whatever in Poland run? It's like the maybe the overhead kind and not the rail kind. Oh, that could. Is be. that the theory? I mean, who doesn't? You just don't whiz on things that are plugged into stuff. Wouldn't that just follow? Wouldn't it sort of be logical if you see something plugged into the wall? Which are, and this is where England in England. So I mean, this is in the tube, presumably, or outside. Outside, yeah. but I mean, it's like there's big. Circuit breaker electrical boxes all over those things. I mean, if I think if I see something with big electrical cables out of it, that's nature's way of saying don't urinate here. But I mean, maybe that's Do just me. Listen? No, no, oh. they don't. So there you yeah, go. Fantastic. There's your Darwin watch. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Hey. Oh, my. There are lots of complaints about so-called X-rated security screenings at the airports. Flyers are very, very upset, and why shouldn't they be? When travelers go to the airport, they know what kind of security to expect. Luggage searches, metal detectors, shoe inspections. It's part of a post-9-11 world enforced by the Transportation Safety Administration. But there are thousands of travelers who are complaining about some of these screenings. They've become abusive and even X-rated. For arguing with the TSA agent, Robert Kastner wound up being slammed to the floor. Now she's filing a lawsuit. I kept begging over and over again to get off me, and he wouldn't stop. If that wasn't enough, another woman uh, showed the, the uh, TSA agent's nipple rings that set off a metal detector. The agents forced her to take them out. Well, but see, this goes back to my question of a couple weeks ago, which nobody really answered, which is if you have piercings in an intimate place, let's say, down in the there. Back, in the back of a Volkswagen. In the back of a Volkswagen. Um, I mean, how do they... Uh, you know what I mean? Like you, like, you walk through, you know, sir, walk through the gate. All right, sir, do you have do you have a belt on? And no, no, it's my, uh, my junk is pierced. And then, but what do they do? Do they ask to see it? Yes, they do. Now, is that true, though? Like, if you have a that's piercing... What, that's what these people are, are, are saying happens. Well, that's, in, but, well, that's in this one That's in this one instance. I'm saying, like, like at PDX, let's say, if you walk through and you beep, and they say, look, you're beeping, and you say, I have a piercing in my swimsuit area, do they make you go into a room and show that to them, or do they take your word for it? Because it doesn't seem like they could take your word for it, because maybe you're smuggling a gun in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like... It, because I don't think they're, I mean, if you're beeping, who knows? You can have anything in your pants. That is true. So uh, so I I don't really know how that works. Uh, and, do, do, I mean, if they don't make you show it to them, do they, do you, if you just say, look, I, I have a piercing in my private area, do they just go, well, okay then. And then you can just walk through? That doesn't make any sense at all. So, But they made this woman take out her piercings. Was it a woman? It was, yes. With the nipple rings. She so, came out with a pair of pliers. See, that's the thing is some of the things aren't supposed to come out, right? They're sort of like bolted in. Yeah, I'd be totally mad because then, then they close up, too. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's that's no good. So do you have the other part of this where they took the... Uh, Let's see. Uh, in Chicago, people like Robert Perry are subjected to exhaustive security checks. He was patted down, his wheelchair was examined, and his hands were swabbed, all in public view, in a see-through room at the security checkpoint. Uh, Perry, who's 71, is not alone. It's humiliation. Uh, Perry was also taken to a see-through room by a TSA agent when his artificial knee set off a metal detector. Uh, he yelled at me to uh, to get the uh, the belt off. I told you to take that belt off, so I took the belt off. He then ran his hands over and pulled his pants down, and then he pulled his pants down to his ankles. 
At one point, Perry was standing in his underwear in public view. He was asked to see a, uh, he asked to see a supervisor. Uh, that made things worse. She was yelling, I have power, I have power, I have power. The power to stop him from flying to Florida with his wife today to celebrate his 50th wedding anniversary. It makes you feel like you have no rights, he said. Uh, he also alerts uh, TS agents about his mental knee and wonders why they can't just check his leg. Seriously, that's that's the thing. Like, I don't know why they can't do, you know, it's like my father-in-law. I don't think, he, I don't know when the last time my father-in-law flew was, but he's he's a big guy uh, and he's in a chair. Uh, and so I was wondering, like, how that would work. Like, if they're going to just roll you out of there onto the floor or something. I mean, it's all very confusing. Right, give give a little man a little power, and he thinks he's powerful. Mm-hmm. Right, here's Tim Riley. Oh, boy. This comes to us from San Diego. A San Diego teenager says she was humiliated when a teacher allegedly called her ugly in front of classmates and booted the girl from the class with a good swift kick to the buttocks. Is she, in fact, ugly? I don't have a picture here. Okay. Uh, the high school freshman says in a uh, $75,000 San Diego Superior Court lawsuit, she wanted to join the school choir as they delivered singing grams on Valentine's Day. But the teacher, Heather Haggard, allegedly called the uh, girl ugly. She's 14. Wow. Not only is she ugly, she's a brat and kicked her out of the, <laughs> kicked her out of the choir. And not like being a freshman isn't hard enough. Wow. Wow, that's really unfortunate. You're a brat who's ugly. <laughs> In front of your peers. Jesus. Uh, did I ever tell you about the teacher I had who told a girl she had breeding hips? No. <laughs> I, had a, I had a biology teacher. Breeding hips. Breeding hips. Not, I guess there was no G in breeding. Uh, her name, well, I won't even use her first name, because who knows. Or Connie. Um, we'll call her Connie. Uh, it was in biology class. That's all, I'll just be that specific. When I was in biology class in high school, there was a girl who got up, you know, raised her hand, can I go to the bathroom? Uh, and she got up, and she started to walk out, and as she was walking to the door, the teacher, who was a little bit of a card anyway, uh, looked over, and he said, hey, those are, it sounds so insane. As she's walking to the bathroom, he goes, hey, those are breeding hips. Oh. Wow. I mean, now that, I, now that I'm actually saying that, and it's sort of out in the air, that's awful. I mean, I guess it was awful then, but, I mean, you couldn't do that now. You do that now, they just take you out and shoot you. So... Jesus. Well, it's a kinder world these days. I mean, you couldn't say that. I mean, it's yeah. This is not the same. What's the biology teachers? This is a. This is not the biology teacher I sometimes talk about who a uh, didn't bathe or shower because the body cleanses itself, mm. and b uh, eventually got busted for making acid in the lab, oh presumably God. to sell to students. I don't know if he did that too, but he got busted making acid in the lab. But this is a separate. This is a separate teacher um, who. Um, who also, like like in the plus column, used to call creationists crazy in class, which I don't think you could do anymore either. I think that's probably a thing you wouldn't be allowed to probably do. Probably not. Jesus. All right, here's Tim Riley. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. All right. Thank you for choosing the resort and spa at Sherry's Ranch. We have received your reservation. Someone will contact you. This is a nude Is story. this a nude story? I know it's in my stack. Is this a nudes story? Oh, this is Dear Richie. Dear Richie. Thank you for choosing the resort and spa at Sherry's Ranch. We have received your reservation. Somebody will contact you shortly. For reservations to the resort and spa at Sherry's, click here. Uh, I'm the Sherry's Ranch. So your reservation date, Richie, is 731. Um, and you should be there by 11 p.m. Richie, well, first of all, uh, I don't know if it's a thing with my call screening software. I can't see any of the screening information for these calls. Also, what? Uh, Richie should be there by 11 p.m. All right. Uh, can you let me know who these who these folks are on hold? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Regards, <laughs> Sherry's Ranch. Sherry's Ranch was that the one with the pretty girls? 
They no, have a, a dial number. I don't think we ever looked at Sherry's Ranch. Wait, hold on. I'm, Sherry's did Ranch. I get a copy of this? Did he forward this to me? I think too? we did. I think this was the... I don't... Let me... Hold on. I don't see it here. Hold on a second. Oh, this uh, is one with the prettier girls. I think, maybe. Hold on. I'm looking. Uh, your this res- is from Aaron Xavier. Aaron with three A's instead of two. Oh, no. This isn't... Hold on a second. Let me look. Um, oh, it is, it's the one that... Yeah, that had the girl that... You like. Where are you seeing Aaron Xavier? Right at the top of the page, and it says. There it is. Rich, Richie's uh, Wait, email what? name is. Three A. Oh, here we go. Richie's email. I won't give the whole thing, but I loves 100. Aaron with three A's? Yeah. Does this he know how to from. spell? Is his email address really I love Z100? Oh, and that he works funny. for us. Oh, Richie. What do you. Richie, Richie, is your email address I love Z100? Yeah, I used to work at the Buzz and, like, spy on them. I don't know what that's about. Wait, they made you have a I Love Z100 email address so that you could spy on them? Competitive analysis. Maybe you should change that email address now that you're working at CBS Radio. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, okay, well, well, this is just too much here to digest. Aaron with three A's? Yes. Where do you suppose Aaron Xavier comes from? Like Xavier Hollander? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Richie is the happy hookette. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Well, okay. Well, we'll talk about this when we get back. Oh, and we'll also discuss this business of him pretending. Oh, that's somebody else out of the 70s. Yes. Oh, Xavier Hollander. Yeah. Uh, I got to watch Swingtown. I got to make a note. I got to make a note to myself and I got to watch that show. I feel like I'm sort of missing out. Uh, even if it's bad, I feel like I ought to see it. Uh, anything that Peter Carlin hates that much is worth at least, I would say, at least a, a cursory watch. Uh, all right, so um, we'll take a break here. We'll come back and we'll talk about this business of Richie pretending to be you tonight at the uh, Willamette Party. It's right. 503-733-2970. Uh, if you're on hold, uh, hang on. Uh, we'll get the, your calls around the corner. Stay there. Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503 Uh Next hour, we'll talk to Richie about his trip to Sherry's Ranch. I don't think I know what Sherry's Ranch was. Was Sherry's Ranch within the Chicken Ranch? It's like a step up from the Chicken Ranch, but not as good as the other one we were looking at. Did I look Did at Sherry's Ranch? Chicken? Yes, remember, this is the one that we could... That we kept trying to find the website, and you're like, R-R-I-S? <laughs> I forgot all about that. Is it the one with the hot gothic girl? No. Oh. I thought it, maybe it was, but I don't think Richie's going to shell out the coin for that. No, he's, Richie and I have different tastes. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, Jim Rube coming up. Uh, top five ballads that ruined a band. We'll do that as well. Oh, don't forget. Now, you may have heard this promo running. I know we've already gotten, we started to get response to this. Uh, so this is promo running for uh, AM 970's Birth of a Salesman, which uh, prompted, by the way, Big Jim uh, from KUFO to make a, a great Willie Loman joke to me via email the other day. Uh, so you may have been hearing, but the, the point is that, that we are looking for uh, some folks to join the AM 970 sales team. And legal makes me this. You don't even know just the amount of, of time that was spent figuring out the actual language uh, for this. So I will just say this. I will read this. Uh, to participate in this contest... Go to 970.am and tell us in 100 words or less why you, yes, you, want to be part of the AM970 sales team. Uh, ten lucky semifinalists, uh, we'll, sort of, we'll talk to you on the air. Uh, five come into the studio, they get grilled mercilessly by us. And then uh, three fortunate souls get 15 minutes uh, face-to-face with the AM970 general sales manager, uh, where you can sort of uh, pitch yourself, to, you can close yourself, as it were. 
Uh, anyway, so uh, will one walk out with a brand new job? Will it be you? Make your case at 970.am. Uh, complete rules and regulations at 970.am. That is the AM 970 birth of a salesman contest. We've already gotten some great response to this, so, uh, so go do it now in these trying economic times. Here's Tim Riley. That sounds fantastic. It does. This is a very long story. I'll sit down. All right. Exclusive. Batman flew into a rage after his mother insulted his wife. Apparently, a Christian Bale confronted his mother after she allegedly insulted his wife. Sources close to the actor say he flew up the handle at flew. London's Dorchester Hotel after Jenny Bale said some outrageous things. Of course, he, he was arrested and uh, bailed yesterday. However, the source close to the actor says Bale is confident he's not done a thing wrong. He became depressed over the death of a close friend, Heath Ledger. Uh, Christian was stressed. He didn't lay a finger on anyone. Instead, he flew off the handle and cussed his mother. He got very loud because his mother was saying some outrageous things about him and his wife. Uh, the attitude is this was his mother's fault because she became very provocative in an argument that they were having. Things get out of hand, and now he wishes he just left the room. Uh, normally, Christian would call a friend and go off to a pub to cool off. Excellent. But he literally uh, got trapped in this confrontation with his mother and sister. Because there was an army of fans of paparazzi outside. The incident apparently comes at a time when his marriage to Sandra Sivy, Blazik, a former model and makeup artist, are enduring difficulties. He has stresses in this marriage. He can have a terrible temper. Instead of lashing out at his wife, sometimes he lashes out at people around him. He seems sort of tightly wrapped. Mm -hmm. I will say that. We were that. talking about that yesterday. Yeah, he seems to have sort of a glowering presence about him. His marriage is not perfect, and his relationship with his mother is in much more trouble. Uh, he needed a cooling off here because his mother said some pretty outrageous things to him that really set him off. He regrets the way uh, she treated him in their argument and a lot more. Oh, she talked to police about it, apparently. Christian has admitted that something uh, just snapped in him, but he didn't threaten anyone with violence. He's under a lot of pressure right now and simply got incredibly loud with members of his family around. I think his wife is going to be very important to him after all this is over. Because she does, at the end of the day, know how to calm him down. His wife, who's been married to him for eight years, was by his side at the premiere of The Dark Knight, which was also attended by co-stars Sir Michael Caine, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Aaron Eckhart. The source also claimed Bale has been deeply affected by the death of Ledger. That happened months ago. Well, it seems, but that's like you're getting a jail-free card, right? I guess so. You know, like you caught, caught smashing up a car with a golf club. I, I, I'm all it's, I bummed about so it. So according to this spin doctor or friend, Without Ledger around, he's found it more and more difficult to communicate with those around he's him. He's emotionally... Especially his family. He's emotionally unanchored, Tim. He's also found it hard to shake off the middle strains of his role and told an interviewer he's having trouble sleeping. Oh, it's... giving me some of your pills. I was just going to say, it's just acting. Just move on. Act as, act like a guy who can sleep. <laughs> I mean, be a method actor. Act like a guy who's calmed down and rich. And shut your face. Uh, well, didn't you say, sir, that he has, he has a, some weird relationship with his mom anyway? Where she's... Yeah, I was, I was reading about it how, um, I guess, a couple decades ago when his parents got divorced, he was uh, she made him choose whether or not to live with her or his father, and he chose his father and moved to L.A. with him. And they both um, you know, had very successful careers, right. and I guess ever since then their relationship's been strained, and she's really bitter. Well, tell your mom to get bent, Christian. That's, just a, that's, that's my just advice so to you. so mean. You know Seriously. what? Go and provoke your son on the biggest movie event. Let me ruin the biggest life. week of your life. She's an nasty stage mother, and something must be done. <laughs> That's exactly right, Tim. Things need to be settled one way or t'other. 
This multimillionaire actor who shot the fam at the age of 13 refused to comment as he was driven back to Dorchester, one of the hotels in limousine. Christian Bale shot the fame at the age of 13? Yeah, it was that, uh... As what? I don't oh, he, played, he played a British schoolboy in a World War II movie when they invaded uh, Shanghai, I believe. Can't remember the name of it. But is this like a, a film that I would know, do you think? Yes. You All right. Okay. I remember him being in Newsies when I was Oh, and he's at the end of Swing Kids, by the way. If you watch Swing Kids, a little Christian Bale action, I think they're at the end of that. Siegfried was telling me about that. So, all right. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Paul, one of the, I say, giving Christian Bale advice that he's not listening to, uh, one of the advantages of being an adult is that you don't have to eat green beans if you don't like them, and you don't have to spend time with people that irritate you. So if your mom uh, annoys you, just tell her to get bent and change your phone number. There you go. End of story. The end. If so facto. QED. Here's Tim Riley. Melrose Place alumnus Heather Locklear is reportedly back home. The actress has successfully completed four weeks of treatment for a psychological uh, condition. When she entered the center, rep for the 46-year-old said that uh, Locklear had, quote, been dealing with anxiety and depression. She requested an in-depth evaluation of her medical condition and entered a medical facility for proper diagnosis and treatment. Is this anxiety brought on by huge amounts of cocaine? It doesn't say here. All right. Vera Shrink spoke with the actress and reportedly became concerned that she was, quote, upset. Well, isn't that why you go see a shrink? I suppose. I mean, I, that would be... He, you... he feared she might overdose on medication prescribed for depression. Then why did he prescribe it? <laughs> I don't know. Well, and I think, and this is not me saying this, mm -hmm. some people had said, that the, 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 the sources said, uh, ill-founded Ill sources, uh, said that there was some sort of, they, they feared that she had a cocaine problem. So I don't know if that's true or not, but that is, that's, a, that's a rumor that's sort of gone around. So it seems like what you wouldn't do then is just give her an access to a big fistful of pills at that point. So apparently, the shrink called 911 to report a suicide attempt. A rep for Locklear uh, said at the time the actress was fine. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it seems like both of those things can't be true. And I don't think she's just resting. And I don't think... <laughs> Hollywood is fascinating. Just, just this is the amount of just deception that happens on an hourly basis in that town. I mean, there's nothing true that comes out of Hollywood. Everything that comes out of Hollywood is a lie. Don't you just love it? It's like listening to Dana Perino or Tony Snow. Well, back when that was possible. Uh, it's, but I mean, just the amount of lies that are generated by Hollywood on a daily basis. I mean, just it just get rid of an entire forest with it. Just resting her eyes <laughs> and her blood. The so her arms tied around the back. <laughs> I am just sitting there, just writing on the walls of her room with a crayon clutch between her first two toes. Um, it seems like she either tried to kill herself or she's fine. It, it, there's no, like, middle ground there. It's not like the truth, like, well, there's a, you know, both of those stories are true in a way. That's not, that's, that's, that's a lie. One of those things is true and the other one isn't. So, anyway. Well, I guess everything is fine now. Well, she must have, I, I mean, if she did try to kill herself, it almost assuredly would have been, you got to figure in Hollywood, it's always like pills, right? That's always the way that you try to kind of dope yourself Cheryl off. Monroe. Yeah, Everybody I mean. in her footsteps. I mean, very, uh, very rarely is it anything like a gun or whatever, because then that leaves a that leaves a mark. You know, you don't want to do it's. They always. It's funny how they always choose the way that if they fail is is going to leave them relatively unblemished. Except in Hollywood Land. Except in Hollywood Land, where it's the gunshot by his alleged suicide. Uh, all right. Uh, hello. How can I help you today, sir? Uh, yes. Uh, just for the, by the way, the metal detectors in airports, the sensitivity is adjustable. 
and there is no national standard for sensitivity on those things. Each airport gets to set it according to the whims of whoever's there. That explains why, uh, like, I got jewelry and stuff, that it'll, it'll go off in Utah but not Vegas, Portland but not San Diego. That's, That's because correct. it's set to the jerk setting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, dad, my dad worked a security. Oh, you mean they're a jerk, yes, not yes. me. I thought no, you meant no, for me. No. It only, it only no. picks up on jerks when yeah. they walk through. That's right. I go yeah, off everywhere. Dad. Yeah, my dad worked security at BWI, and, uh, and well, that's so, but, one of the many things. So what is the deal? So, so if somebody walks through and they got like their their junk pierced, though, I still am unclear. No one has answered this. No, I, I it's like I want to call the airport and just demand an answer from them. If you walk right. through and you beep because you have an intimate piercing, do they make you show them the piercing? Um, I I cannot answer that. Uh, common common sense would say, hey, uh, you know, they'd ask, you know, what's going on down there, and they have a, you know, and so that. Say yes, you have a piercing. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, how do they know you're not well, lying? They, well, what, what are you going to do? They have control. Uh, you know, they can either let you on the plane or not. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I mean, I understand that. I'm just, I don't. I want because in Portland, people are just pierced. Like I mean, this is every third sure. person you meet here is drilled uh-huh. full of holes, and so I wonder. They can't. It's not like they can make everybody with a nipple ring show it to them because you just the line would move even more, slow, you know, more slowly than it already does. Well, so. true, but uh, I mean, it, I I don't have an answer for you, Rick. Uh, Damn you! You know, I, I've got I've got a piercing. Um, you know, it used to be that when I went through the uh, the airport thing, I wore uh, hiking boots. They had the little metal eyelets, mm-hmm. and every time I went through, I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk through. And it was before 9/11. I said, my boots are going to make the thing go off, and it did. And they'd wand it, and they'd wand the rest of me. Okay, off you go, have fun. So you know, I. I don't know. I've got a piercing. It's on the back of my neck. You know, I could say, it's right here. Look. Yeah, you look know, at this. You know, what are you going to do? Well, as I, as I, I think of the last time we talked about this, I was observing that it, uh, when I came back from San Diego, it always freaks me out a little bit. I mean, not that, I, not that I'm afraid of terrorists, because I'm not. I mean, you know, whatever. But because the, 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 the odds are just so the, the odds are just so unbelievably long that anything like that's going to happen. And, and as I think George Carlin once noted, it's not like there's a shortage of things on the plane with which you could kill somebody. They hand you a knife and fork when they bring you your dinner. So, um, but it's, but what always kind of makes me laugh is that they say, well, we do this to keep metal out. But then since my, my rings, my watch and my bracelets don't go off, if I'm a terrorist, all that tells me is I just got to start making knives out of this metal and I'll be fine. So, well, and well, it's not just that metal. I mean, they'll, they'll pick up on, on just about any metal. Uh, the thing is, it's the amount of training that the people that have that, you know, we're looking at the little x-ray thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when Dad was working, my father worked at BWI. He was the head of the Maryland State Police Detachment there for two years. Uh, they would they would run the tests. They'd run weapons through the, uh, the x-ray things. And, you know, two out of four times the people wouldn't catch it. You know, they'd send them through with handguns. They'd send them through with machine guns. <laughs> um, Chainsaw. Well, yeah, you know, it's like, okay, uh, here you go. Have fun, uh, you know. And they'd get, literally, they'd get right to the boarding platform of the airplane. It's like, oh, by the way, I'm a policeman, and this just went through, and doofus over here didn't catch it. I have all this plutonium. Mm. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. There's that guy. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, speaking of uh, terrorism, the video of uh, Christopher Hitchens being waterboarded is on my website. Oh, dude. So, did you it's, read the... It's in- cool. Did you see the interview with him about yeah. that? I love that guy. How cool is Christopher Hitchens? Uh, because with Christopher Hitchens, um, like a lot of people, had said, he had said before the fact, uh, writing in The Nation or whatever that, he, he'd said that waterboarding wasn't torture. He goes, that's ah, not torture. Sawed off. And so he got waterboarded? And, and Vanity Fair, I think, is, yeah, well, and Vanity Fair said, you know, well, why don't you get it done? And Christopher Hitchens, because he has huge stones, because he has, like, because he has, you know, because they hang to the floor, said, all right then, let me, hold on, let me finish my scotch. 
And he went and he got waterboarded, and he actually said, he wrote an article and he said, if that's not torture, then torture doesn't exist. He he changed really? his position. Yeah, he's like he's like, look, if you Christopher Hay, who had flat out said it's not torture, it might be uncomfortable, but it's not torture. He got waterboarded, and I didn't know there was video of it. Yeah, somebody said. Yeah, he said if it's not torture, then then there is no such thing as torture. Uh, so I How guess how long you, of, of footage is it? Tim? Is it creepy? It's about five minutes. Is yeah. it unnerving to watch? Yes. Uh, I don't want to watch it now then. Oh. Yeah. You shouldn't watch it now. It'll put you in a bad place. Uh, as you can see that at RileyLive.com. RileyLive.com. Oh, I just got this uh, confirmation. Oh, God. Is it more hooker confirmation? This is from Tracy Sigwig, the ship member, uh, the ship manager ship at member. Sherry's Ranch. Here, Richie, thank you for your deposit. Ariel Jordan. Thank you for your deposit. Ariel Jordan and Logan look forward to your meeting. What? I guess he chose three girls. I printed out pictures of all of them. Ariel, the Jordan, and Logan. All right. Are looking forward to meeting you at 11 p.m. Thank July you. 31st. For your deposit? That's a, we have received your deposit. Thank you. <laughs> your lady's schedule has been cleared for your time. Remember to arrive at least 30 minutes prior to your appointment to avoid losing any valuable reserve time. No refunds or partial refunds of deposit will be given for no-shows or late arrivals. It's actually coming in a diplomatic pouch. Contact us if you have any questions. Thank you, Tracy Sigwig, the ship manager of Sherry's Ranch. Thank you for your thank you for your deposit. Oh, we do have a complimentary limo that's out of Vegas. If you're interested, that's a pretty good service. It really is. Complimentary limo. This is well. This is America. Our driver is named Warren. Okay, excellent. By the way, you're listening to KCMD Portland, a proud part of the CBS Network, the Tiffany Network. Okay, well, let's all remember to talk about that with Richie next hour. Let's let's not let that slip through the cracks. Uh, here's what we've got to also get. Uh, so we have Jim Rope, top five. Oh, I'm going to give you a copy of the top five. Sorry, you, can you round these up for me? Yes. I didn't get a chance to do that today. Top five ballads that ruined a band. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, sound. We'll go through the sound clip inventory. We'll talk to Richie about the Willamette Week party. And, and then I got this, uh, these hospital notes. These notes from yesterday's visit to the hospital that I'm still going to get to. Excellent. So we'll do that. We love point. hospital stories. Well, and so you let me know when you want to hear these. Anytime, really. I'll do them now, then. Do them now. Get them out of the way. So I went to, uh, so I went to the hospital uh, yesterday. Uh, this is for my, am I crazy? And if so, how much? And if it's a lot, what are you going to do to fix me? And uh, by- so, so that's at the top. It's not to be confused with the back and the bottom. No, this is, no, see, you and I got opposite answers. Yes, we We were working. Yeah. Mine was all above the neck. Oh, mine um, was way down below. <laughs> the, um, mine was at the exit here. Yeah. Oh, but by the way, but they do want to test my cholesterol, by the way. Oh, so, I already have mine done. Yeah, so there's that. Mine and, is 130. And the weird thing is she wouldn't tell me why. Well, I, you should because. It doesn't uh, seem like this person knows a lot about a lot. Well, she's a doctor. I'm not a doctor. It's, it's good to know. See, Tim, Tim is an advocate. You just oh, no, you should totally. Are you opposed to doctors? Do you not trust doctors? No, no, no. I'm just I'm opposed to uh, pill pushing. Well, I think I don't think she wanted to give me anything, but I think she just wanted to test my cholesterol. Well, she can't give you something unless she finds something wrong with you. So, like, there are two opinions instead of one. Obviously, between two people, they'll be able to more likely to find something wrong. <laughs> they can't with you. pack me full of Lipitor if they don't find something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe it's because I'm a fatty, fatty, fat, fat. And look, uh, my friend works at a. Um, she works in a doctor's office, and she sees people who are horribly addicted to all kinds of pills and medications come in every day and scream at her. And that it just starts with, like, one, like, you know, pulling your, a muscle or something, and then all of a sudden, bam, full-blown addiction. Next thing you know, you're Sarah T., portrait of a teenage alcoholic. Yeah, I, said, I don't want to see that happening. They are the pill poppers, seeking fast thrills and cheap kicks with speed balls, goofballs, and a rainbow of medications. Uh... So uh, anyway, so so um so there's that. What did she? What else does she want to test me for? 
Eh, cholesterol and then something else. Rickets. I for, I for, <laughs> scabies. I for, <laughs> uh, Rick, we need to talk about piles. Uh, forget, forget what the other thing was. Um, but um, so I just made these notes, and it, it's not that they're in no order; they're just chronological. So these are the, I made these notes as as the afternoon went on. So I go there yesterday, and it's always that thing too when it like I had to leave the office early. I go. So I'm going to be leaving the office early. I have a I have an appointment I have to go to, and uh, it's like I have to go. It'd be I have to go have medication prescribed for like my brain. Ladies have to go get our yearly. Yeah, it's like you don't want to go. Like uh, I have to go have. My shoe shine. A stranger stare at my private part. That's exactly it. I'm, somebody is going to look at my butt. Uh, so if it's all the same to you, uh, hold my calls. So, <laughs> Miss Holloway, hold my calls. Um, so, yeah, I was just like, I have a, got an appointment. I may be reachable. I may not. Uh, I may be incarcerated. So I, I leave and I go to the hospital. And so here's the thing. So And I won't... Um, I would say I would say I won't identify uh, my insurance company except to say that I barely knew her. So I go in to the uh, the you know and of course it's like it's, it's like all of these places it's like CBS spread out in a hundred different buildings. So they send me to the building on you know whatever Southwest Wellville Street and so I go there I walk in and it's that thing of wandering around trying to figure out where the hell you're supposed to go because like pharmacy this way optometry this way X-ray this way. You know, it's like Barrett coming to America. Totally. It's like Universal Studios commissary this way. And like, I don't know where to go. So I'm wandering around, and finally I just stand in front of one of those corporate accounts payable, Nina speaking, just a moment, women. And I said, like, KS, what, what, don't they stop? Like, where am I supposed to go? And um, and she looks at, you know, I give her the card or whatever, and she's like, oh, you're with. And then, by the way, she sends me to exactly the wrong place. She goes, go all the way to the West Wing and then stay there at the end. And I sat there for like 20 minutes. A woman comes and says, who are you waiting for? And I said, Dr. So. And she goes, Oh, you're in the wrong place. You got to go way down there. So, uh, so just from the outset, they didn't know what they were doing. But so I'm waiting there for the woman to sort of scan all my information and look me up and you know, find out that I'm at the way. And so I'm listening, and you know those those things, those what is it, HIPAA law that that knew the 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 law about medical information. Yes, that, yes, it's yes. The, it's the it's because when you go to like the pharmacy, there's a huge sign saying like due to new health information something. It's, it, you know, I can't share your personal information. Right? And it's like you have to stand, like if you ever go to like, uh, like the farm, like you have to stand behind a huge glass thing so that like nobody can, nobody can to hear, hear your, your talking to the whatever. So I mean, so they're very, you know, it's like serious business now about your health record. So I'm standing there. Keep that in mind as I tell you this. So I'm standing there kind of going, yeah, I'm here to see doctor. What's what's your guts? And here's my card. Meanwhile, this is at the check-in desk, like the reception desk. There's like four windows of those, you know, those people, the sort of receptionist types. And as I'm talking to this one woman, the other three are just sitting there and just like coffee clatching in the loudest possible voice about specific patients and coworkers and what's wrong with them. Like having just Isn't a big, that completely and totally it's illegal? It's totally illegal, but fascinating. And so I was like sitting there making notes to myself. I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to be writing some things down. Don't mind me. So... They're talking about a woman by name, by the way, go, do you know Mrs. So-and-so who just came in? And the other girl's like, yes. And she's like, do you know she didn't just have a C? I, this is true, by the way. She goes, she didn't just have a C-section. You know, she had to have an O-section. And, of course, my ears perk up. And I sort of look. And What's then an O-section? Well, Sarah, I'm going to tell you. Here's the thing, and I'm trying not to stare, right? But I'm, like, making all these notes. She had to have O-section. Uh, so, it's like, I'm writing all this. And they're like, she had to have an O-section. And then the other woman says, what's an O-section? And, um. She said, well, that's like, you know, the C-section is when they have the one big, like, C-shaped cut. They had to do another cut in the opposite direction and just totally open her up. And I'm just, like, I've never even heard the phrase O-section. So, 
anyway. That sounds really unpleasant. An O section sounds like when they when you got like bad seats at at you know at like Frampton. Uh, I'm sorry, sir, you're in the O section. So let's see what else. Um, okay, and then this. Then they were talking about a coworker who apparently has some medical ailment who is out on medical leave. Mm-hmm. So this is them talking about it. This is what you want to hear, by the way, w- when you're waiting in line. So they're talking about a coworker, and one of them says, "Who?" and this coworker is apparently down with something pretty serious, and they say, well, that's just her bad karma. And, like, that's what you want to hear your medical professionals talking about, that they believe in karma. This is, see, maybe this is why I hate going to the doctor. <laughs> that's what you want to Because you know, because you want to trust them with, you know, everything having to do with health, and you just realize they're all asses. Not this all is, of them, but yeah. some specific people. And this is what you want to hear, by the way, that the people who work at your hospital are big believers in karma. Not so much medicine or chemicals or science. They're believers in karma. Maybe they'll roll the I Ching next time, you know, to figure out what's wrong with me. Uh, and so then the one, the other, and of course it's just, it's it's two it's two women and a guy, and but they're all, you know what, I don't mean to be sexist, but you know, it's like that, that sort of like high-pitched, like clucking hen, gossipy tone that not just women, but a lot of times it is women who have that certain kind of, you know, where it's sort of like a, like they're fascinated, but sort of a scolding tone of voice too, where it's like that, it's like that tone of voice that they get when they go, well, I told her she kept running around with that guy, this is going to happen, and she didn't listen to me, and I said, you know, she always picks guys like this, and then I try to tell her, I say, Lucinda, you know, you ought to go try to meet a man where I go, because, you know, I met Jeff in the produce aisle of the supermarket, and he's really, really good, and you always, you ought to come with me, because if you pick these guys, they never treat you right, and then this is always going to, and you know that they are just secretly loving all of the problems, so... So this this coworker apparently is down with something really bad, and the one woman says, "Well, maybe this will change her attitude when she gets back to work." And I'm sitting there going, "I'm putting my my health in the hands of this place." Uh, I would have said something. I, I know that you were busy. I was writing it down for the show. <laughs> I would have turned off. Like, excuse me, I can hear you talking. Who's your manager? <laughs> Boss supervisor. Can hear you violating federal law, by the way. Um, anyway, so then I then they give me the whatever, and I go sit down in the waiting room. Uh, and Stephen King has this thing when he talks about always having a book with you, and he says, he says, and of course the best place to have a book is in a doctor's waiting room. He said, there's nothing worse than waiting to have a sensitive part of your anatomy probed and realizing all you've got to read are old field and stream magazines. So I always try to have a book. Forgot my book yesterday. So I'm sitting there like, God damn it, like I don't have anything to read, and there's like an old, it's just the classified section of the newspaper. Like the worst, like you know, just the, just half of the sports section. They didn't have a highlights there. No, there were no highlights. There was nothing. Not even Field and Street. There was nothing. There was Bupkis there. Um, so I'm rooting around in my bag, like you know, because I usually have like some old books or a magazine or whatever. Um, if this is Jim Roop calling, by the way, he's like way early. I think is that the case? If it's Jim Roop, because All I right. scheduled him. At All right, uh, Richie. If this is Roop, will you let him know it's it's going to be uh, six seven minutes or so? So if, if we want to call him right back, or if he wants to call us right back, thank you. Um, okay, thanks. Uh, anyway, so I'm sitting there and I have no book, so I'm like rooting around in my bag. I'm like, I got to find something to read. You know, the only it's funny this comes up today. You know, the only thing I could find to read a copy of the best cat houses in Nevada. Which is uh, some friends of ours, Aaron and Jen, uh, gave us that book because of the Richie thing. They're like, so it's a whole, it's a whole book about whorehouses. And I'm like, do I read this? And there's like a bunch of kids in the waiting room. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to be well, that. Well, they guy. probably don't know what cat houses. I are. know, but I don't want to be that guy. You know, so I'm like, screw it. It's a humane society. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I just put it back and I just stare blankly ahead. And oh, by the way, here's the other thing. On the way there, and this was the second time, just by sheer coincidence. Unless my subconscious is telling me something. This is the second time, by the way, as I'm driving to the medical place, what I was listening to was the audiobook for World War Z, you know, which is all about the zombie outbreak, which starts with flu-like symptoms. 
So I'm listening to World War Z all the way there, and then I'm sitting in the waiting room where it's just a cacophony of... <laughs> oh, gross. Like you're sitting in here. I'm just saying, that's what it's like. You, you know that. You sit in the waiting room, and you're there for like a splinter, and meanwhile everybody else is like, pardon me, I just... <laughs> and you're wondering what the hell you're breathing into your lungs, you know, just inhaling Captain Trips or something. So, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, anyway, so, uh, blah, blah, blah. So they come in and she waves me and she's looking at my, oh, and then this, here's like a, this is like a booby prize. I walk in, here's like a, an awful door prize for being there. I'm, you know, and the thing is you're sitting there on the vinyl thing with the plastic or the, the, the papery covering on it that rattles, like the rattly paper covering on the, on the big, it's like a dental chair. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there thinking, well, this sucks. Here I am at the doctor. Because going to the doctor is never fun. Even if it's just something minor or something speculative, it's just... Yeah, it's just a weird vibe. So the woman, you know, like the pre, not the doctor, but the woman who sort of gets you ready, comes in. She's like, okay, I'm just going to weigh you. And, okay, we'll get your blood pressure. Put this under your tongue. Takes my temperature. And then she's like, clackety-clack. And the thing brings up. She goes, oh, hey, and while you're here, looks like you do for a tetanus shot. I'm like, I mean, come on! No. I mean, and that's just like the worst prize ever. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Did you have to get one yesterday? Yes. Oh, that hurt. Yes. No, I got a whole, you know, my arm is all, and, of course, it makes your arm all messed up. Uh, and then I, you know, for some reason, it wouldn't, you know, like, she's all, oh, and you're bleeding quite a lot. Let me bandage that. So it just, this is the worst thing ever. I'm just sitting there, like, it's inconvenient. Everybody's sneezing. Everybody's grouchy. Oh, and then I get the, I get a tetanus shot while I'm here. That's great. Uh-huh. And so they give me that. Um, hey, anyway, so the doctor comes in, and we have this, like, long-ass conversation about, about my various whatever. And then about halfway through, she says the magic phrase... Have you ever been examined for bipolar disorder? And I said, why no? Do I get to be? Was this after she talked to you for a while, or was it just... No, there's like, this is this about halfway through. The, it was a long-ass conversation. Uh, it was about halfway through the conversation. And to be fair, I do want to be absolutely fair about this. The doctor was, she seemed very confident, very cool. She didn't seem like she was pushing anything on me. Uh, again, because I actually said, like, so I don't know if I'm supposed to be on any kind of just... <laughs> that's so crazy. And she actually, she goes, well, I don't want to prescribe the wrong thing because that would do more damage than whatever. So she's like, I, so now you need to start seeing a clinical psychiatrist. But she did ask me halfway through a point. She's like, have you ever been diagnosed or tested for bipolar disorder? And I said, why? No, I haven't. It sounds fun, though. Uh, so... So she's sort of in poker. Since that's like that's a little bit of a tell. Like that it seems like that's a little. Doesn't it seem like that's a preview of coming attractions? The and now we're going to test you for bipolar disorder. So there's that. Oh, and then they want to test my cholesterol. So there you go. Rick's I'm... visit to the hospital. What I did on my summer vacation by Rick Emerson. <sighs> How are you feeling? I don't know what oh, um, to say. Nothing. No, I just I just thought, you know, just, I wrote it all down. No point in the no point in writing it down if I'm not going to talk well, about it. Well, it's good so. that you're having your concerns taken care of now instead of regretting it in the future. This is what I'm all instead of, you know, the, like when you come to visit me and I'm in a small room with a with Don't a thick glass window. Are you heavily medicated if you're bipolar? Uh, I don't really know. Tim? I think you become a pill popper. Not like now. I don't really know. I don't know anybody who's by. Here's the, here's the thing. I think like all of us in the room, do I speak for everybody when I say the only people I know who are bipolar are celebrities? So I, I know Britney Spears, you know, and that's it. Like, I don't know anybody in my, to the best of my knowledge, because I guess maybe people aren't like, hey, guess what about me? Uh, but I, I to, to the best of my knowledge, I do not know anybody in real life. And I'm not asking anybody to like, you know, like, it's not to tell my me. My friend whatever, dated but, a guy who was bipolar. 
and he had to constantly take medication. He's like, by the way, I need to tell you something. By the way, I don't I'm even... on 17 different medications to control my bipolar disorder. Here's the thing is, I don't even really know what bipolar disorder is. Please don't, please fight off the urge to call me and talk to me about it right now. It's, it, well, save it for another day. Uh, I think that's like being manic depressive, but maybe more, I think it's like an extreme. It's like, I think it's, I think it's manic depression to the max. Uh, it's manic depression with sunglasses and a backward hat, I think. I don't, but I don't really know. I'm kind of making that up. There you go. Rick's visit to the hospital. Here's Tim Riley. Well, the Lifetime Channel will pay tribute to Estelle Getty with the Golden Girls Marathon ah, July 25th. Yeah. I called it. From 12 to 5. Bam. Ten episodes will be airing on Lifetime. It'll be all about the woman, the now legendary character who played the hit show. The last episode to air will be 4.30. It'll be the number one Sophia episode as voted on by fans at MyLifetime.com. Why don't you vote right now? I don't really remember enough about that show to sort of, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of vote on a favorite episode. Is that the show that had? No, that's 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 uh, Facts of Life that had George Which Clooney. Which show was no, Facts Girl. of Life was different from Golden Girls. But I'm thinking, what was the one that had George Clooney? And that was Facts of Life. Wasn't there somebody who was a guest star? Wasn't there somebody who had like a bit, like a recurring role on Golden Girls who went on to like prominence later? Said so George Clooney was on Facts of Life. Uh, way, way back in the day, but I don't, I think it was like on Golden Girls, it seems like there was somebody, I'm wanting to say Jim J. Bullock, but I think that's probably not right. Uh, you kind of latched on to him. <laughs> it, but it, it doesn't it seem like Jim J. Bullock would fit in perfectly on that show, but he would be like, he'd be like a, na- like a neighbor that you only saw sporadically, or like a guy who like delivered groceries or something, you know, and he would just be like, I'm here with your cabbage, you know, or whatever, so... Eh, well, there's, well, there's always French bread sticking out of the bag. Always. Always. French bread. Always. If you ever buy groceries on TV or in a movie, TV you have groceries to... always have French bread. bread. Out of the bag. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's like how well we could do a whole show on this at some point, but it, it's like how on TV or in the movies, as soon as you turn off your bedroom light, your your bedroom is flooded with this blue like light for some reason. But have you noticed this too that also in the future everything is blue? Any movie that is like a future, like if it's a post-apocalyptic sci-fi film, everything is blue everywhere you go. At night, the entire thing is blue everywhere. Dark night, everything's blue. Mm-hmm. So. I'm just saying. All right, here's Tim Riley. Say, why don't you take a look up into the sky and look at some space junk? Why don't you? Apparently, almost exactly a year ago, the International Space Station astronauts threw an obsolete refrigerator-sized ammonia reservoir overboard. <laughs> Good the for 1, them. The 1,400-pound piece of junk has been circling the Earth ever since, and now the orbit has decayed so much that it's become an easy naked-eye target for backyard sky watchers. Well, doesn't this seem like it's going to... Is this like a Skylab thing where it's going to hit somebody in Australia? Uh, maybe. It's just as bright as the stars, big as the Big Dipper and other uh, glowing things. It's expected to burn up in Earth's atmosphere in late 2008 or early 2009. You can see this piece of space junk and other items in Earth's orbit with your own eyes. Why not take a look out and see if you can find it tonight? Excellent. Let's do uh, one more and then we'll talk to Jim Roop here. Well, after spending the past year at Florida's Orange County Jail, boy band mogul Lou Perlman has, uh, Perlman has been moved to an undisclosed federal pen to serve his 25-year sentence. Perlman pled guilty to money laundering, fraud, and conspiracy charges with booking investors out of more than $300 million. The feds are seeking almost a half billion dollars in restitution to make up for lost interest. In exchange for his 25-year sentence, the man behind NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys has agreed to help the FBI and the IRS track down any missing money that could be hidden in accounts around the world. Uh, oh, by the way, Christian Bale was in uh, Empire of the Sun. That's the one. Yeah. Steven Spielberg's yeah. Empire of the Sun. All right. In the 80s. I Which I, I haven't seen that movie for so long, I had no idea. So, uh, all right.
right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the City of Angels. CNN Radio correspondent James Roof. Hello, sir. Howdy. How are you, brother man? All right. Hey, did you see this thing about L.A. banning plastic shopping bags? Oh, yeah. Uh, so let me get the City Council voted Tuesday to ban plastic shopping bags from stores. Shoppers can either bring their own bags or pay 25 cents for a paper or biodegradable bag. Mm -hmm. So I guess this answers, I mean, I don't want to revisit this whole thing, but we had a long, really like hours. We spent hours one day trying to figure out which bag was better for the environment because because plastic bags, I guess, are made from, they don't, they don't decay or they don't whatever. But on the other hand, paper bags, they've got to cut down trees for. So it seems like a wash. Yeah, but you can replant a tree. Well, I suppose that's true. Are we really running out of trees? Has anybody done? Has anybody counted the number of trees in this country to see if we're? Actually, I'm not lost so, last year in a freaking forest. I'm running out of trees. I mean, I live in. Look, I live in Oregon. There, there's lots of. I'm not. I'm not trying to be. Um, oh, Tim is saying that plastic bags smother fish. Is that true? Well, they can. Uh, fish can. Uh, it's more mammals than fish. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, whales, dolphins, sea lions, they eat those things, or they get caught in the blowhole. You don't want that to happen. I, I would not want yeah. a plastic bag caught in my blowhole. That is that, also true. That'd be painful. So. Uh, you know, and again, and, 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 please, it's the me, same thing with those little plastic, remember those things used to, uh, the six-pack? Six ringers. Pack, you know? Yeah. And it was always like, you'd see like a picture of a seagull carrying one around in his neck, like, well, it's a living. I, I, I used to see sea lions with that stuff around their necks. Yeah. The little ones with little pups would get in there, and then they, it would grow. And this thing would strangle them. Yeah, I mean, it's which which does suck. I mean, I don't think I'm making light of the problem. There is there is stuff that like we did create that just seemed phenomenally ill-advised that we did sort of come to our senses and get rid of. Here's the other thing was like those uh, the pull tab tops for beer. Yeah. Where it was like you would just see billions of those littered by the side of the road. Yeah. Uh, until somebody finally went, oh, wait a minute, maybe this isn't such a bright idea. Maybe we should. We, we've had those tree hugger organizations since the late 60s, so I, I would imagine that uh, we have a, a fair amount of trees. That's my thing, and I, I'm not trying to be a, a, a jerk about it. I mean, I'm, I'm the first one to admit that we, look, humans are second to none in messing things up. That really is oh, what yeah. we're good at. That is our... That is, is people, users, think, people say quality is job one. It really, just destroying things recklessly is job one with us. So I'm, I mean, I totally acknowledge that. That being said, as you said, I mean, there are so many. I mean, I do really wonder if you were to do like a nose count on trees over the last 40 years, if it's going because you hear that statement about, well, you know, Rick, every 10 seconds, 500 acres of rainforest are cut out, which can't possibly be true. I mean, that's just made up. That's impossible uh, because that's one of those things where, like, if it was true. There would have been nothing left like 30 years ago. I mean, that's just uh, you know, that's like that thing where you take a. Have you ever heard that mathematical thing where you take a uh, you take a checkerboard, and you put a penny on the first square because a checkerboard is what 32 squares. Mm -hmm. So you take you put a penny on the first square, you one cent, square. and then you double each square. Do you have any idea? Here's a quiz. Does anybody know if you take a checkerboard, 32 squares, you put a penny on the first square and then double it every time. By the end of the checkerboard, do you know where you're at? Anybody? Yeah, it's millions. It's like million. $8 million. Yeah, wow. we, uh, we did that in school one day. Uh, you know, I, I, I said I'd take a job, or so whoever it was said, I'll take a job, pay me a penny a day if you double it each day. Yeah. After a month, they had, I don't know. Yeah, it's like $32 million or yeah. something. Yeah, it's just nutty. It's exponential, uh, it's exponential growth, which is, that's my thing when they say that thing about the, the rainforest, you know, gets cut down like, like a, it is some insane figure, like the 10 acres a second, which... Which I think is just sort of made up. But well, to me, rain and forest, more stuff's going to grow. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not like, I, it, Come on. I mean, I live, in, I live in here in the Northwest where we had Mount St. Helens that erupted and just scorched 
everything. I mean, just just destroyed everything I for remember. hundreds and hundreds of months. And you fly for that out as green as could possibly be. Well, whatever. Let's talk about something on which we can all agree, and that is vodka, Jim. I love it. I love it. So let me understand. Here's here's. I, I'm assuming you wrote this. A great sentence. Vodka is helping in the rehab of hundreds of Hollywood stars. Oh yeah. What kind of stars are these, Jim Roop? These are stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. No, no, no. All right, so tell us what's up. Well, the Hollywood Walk of Fame is headed toward its 50th anniversary, two years from now. Back in 1960, February, I think it was, Joanne Woodward received the first star. So in 2010, it's the 50th anniversary. The Walk of Fame, and I think Tim was commenting on it last week, it's pretty beat up. At least a a two-and-a-half-mile section, about 778 of the 2,000 stars that are out there are in real bad shape. And so the city says, we can't come up with the $4.5 million it's going to take, so we're going to have to get some sponsors. Absolute Vodka, first people to step up saying, we'll do it. We'll be the first ones. We'll give you all this money, but Excellent. you got to let us erect a great big giant bottle of vodka outside the Kodak. That, that is fantastic. I love this country. That, that really is wonderful. Excellent. So, because there's, I mean, how many stars are there total? Do you know? 2035, I think. 2035, and you said the first one went to who? Joanne Woodward. And uh, Really? Yeah. I thought it would have been like way, like way older than that. Nope, 1960 was the first one. All right, then. And here's the weird thing. In talking with the Chamber of Commerce, they said, you know what? When the, when the people who decided to do this Walk of Fame thing started it 50 years ago or 48 years ago, they had no idea the tourist attraction it would become. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so now people are starting to get ticked off and complaining that they go to take a picture of Peter Frampton's star, and it's... It's all busted up. Decra- yeah, it doesn't even have all five points. <laughs> like yeah. tree roots are just coming through the middle of it. And there's big holes in it, so people are walking around it and you know, <laughs> trip in it and sue the city. I mean, it truly is. <laughs> I injured myself on Peter Frampton's star. <laughs> really bad. Dick Van Patten's star is almost non-existent. <laughs> I mean, poor guy's making dog food now. You, you know, it's, it's, it's bad news. That's a, you know, the Gilbert stars all beat up. She's, she's the president of SAG, not isn't anymore. she? Not anymore, she's not. Or she was, well, I guess that's what happens when you're no longer the president. Yeah, they you started all the crap. They don't buff your star anymore. <laughs> yes, I've heard that. You know what uh, I'm saying? Hey, so is it true that you can get a Hollywood walk to start just by paying? Well, you, you got to it's, it's a lot. There's some criteria there. You have to have been professional in your, in your, uh, you have been paid professionally in your profession for X amount of years. Um, there is, uh, I think it's a thirty-three or $35,000 stipend you pay the city just for the work that has to be done to create the star. Let me just skip to the bottom of the page. I just want to know how much I have to pay to get Tim Riley a star. Grand. I just want to get Tim Riley a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Then yeah. I can retire. Yeah, I think you can probably you can look at the criteria online, I'm sure, All right. somehow. But uh, uh, it, it's not just like you can go pay. I mean, there's, there is a committee that decides if you're worthy or not. Oh, no, he's worthy. Why, he's, Kermit uh, the Frog has one. Kermit the Frog, a piece of felt. It's a piece of felt covered in ping pong balls. Oh, Meanwhile, Dick Van Patten's star is half-lifing into dirt. Oh man, this this country is just so weird. We live in the weirdest place. I know. Here's a, here's another weird thing. And I mean, it would just we, we are all just fascinated by Hollywood because it's just such a den of hilarity and lies and greatness. So we were in this insane story earlier about Heather Locklear, who, depending on who you believe, either tried to commit suicide or is fine. And, I mean, there's no middle ground there. One of those things is true, and one of them isn't. And her publicist, no, 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 she's fine. And, I mean, there's a whole town just built on lies and deception and implants. I mean, that's, you know. And rehab. Which I guess is what makes it great. 
Hey, what uh, is the absolute thing? Is it going to be one of those like absolute Hollywood whatever, or you know, where it's like made out of spotlights or something? Do you think? What the, uh, the if, if absolute vodka gets to put up a whole thing there? Oh, it already it's already up. Oh, it's it, oh, it's up there now. It, it actually it's is up. up. It's right off. It's, you you got to see it. I was, I should have taken a picture of it and emailed it to you. But it's it's a huge bottle of vodka because they're touting their new flavor, uh, Absolute Los Angeles. That's the new flavor. What is it? Here's insert joke here. What do you suppose Los Angeles flavor tastes like? Uh, dirty air, maybe. I don't <laughs> and failure. Yeah. <laughs> Shame. Sadness. What is, what is that? Tears. What is that? It's got an aftertaste that lasts 30 years. Um, it, it, it's got big, it's on a big pedestal. It's got huge Klieg lights um, pointing up to it. I mean, it's, it's just really. That's it's great. It's perfect. Absolute's really taking advantage of this thing, man. And, and, and you know, you, I was talking to the guy, his name was Tim Murphy with Absolute yesterday, and I said, isn't that kind of weird? This is the, the city famous for rehabbing the famous. And here we are, booze is helping them rehab their stars. <laughs> That's fantastic. And he said, hey, we're doing something good here, we figure. As long as somebody does something good, that's okay. It doesn't matter who it is. The headline writes and itself. However you want to justify it, pal. Dude, doesn't matter. People so. are crazy. People say, you know what? It's okay by me. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, what could you possibly do that would offend the moral sensibilities of Los Angeles? Of Hollywood specifically. Seriously, I mean, what could you possibly do that would offend them? Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe if you put up a McCain billboard or something. Close the bars. That'll offend <laughs> Seriously, Take down that vivid billboard. You're really going to see some protests. <laughs> <laughs> that can I tell that you this? Stay up that and the, the Angeline, Angeline. They gotta stay up. Can I tell you the day? This is how you you will know that it's a culture shift. This is how you'll know when when there's really a tectonic movement in the culture is when those vivid billboards start to come down. That's oh, going to be the end of an era right there. Yeah. Uh, I read a big the religious right gets a rich stronghold on Hollywood. Well, and just I read an interview with the guy who runs Vivid the other day, and there's some it was like some big piece about how how the internet is really just devastating that industry. And, uh, and, and, you know, he was talking about, the, 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 he, he kept trying to find a way not to say, well, you know, the problem with the internet is, uh, that most of our customers only need the product for two or three minutes at a time. <laughs> um, so, all right. In any event, all right, my brother, as always, enjoy your day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. And there you go. Jim Roop in Los Angeles. That's great. Here's Tim Riley. I have that story somewhere. We'll get back to it in a few minutes. See if I put it here. Oh, here we go. It turns out. Porn isn't recession-proof. Uh, apparently, let's see, they haven't, uh, well, they're going through some hard times here, and they're blaming the Internet for it. At the retail level, all the store owners they talk to say rental sales are up 10% to 15%, says the founder of Adult Video News. Producers say sales are down at least that much. They're identifying the reasons they think they're down. First and foremost, there's a glut in product. The laws of supply and demand have been turned upside down. Uh, they're on par to put out 15,000 new releases this year. Okay, so this guy... Is just insane. That guy, uh, I don't know his name, from AVN, was on Don and Michael... Uh, Paul uh, Fishbean. Uh, Paul Fishbean was on the Michael Mara show last night. He, I was actually I was driving home listening to that interview. It was fascinating. Secondly, there's a battle uh, with a pirated or free material on the Internet. Much like the music industry, adult movie producers are trying to figure out how to stem free or pirated content. Can't be done. Cannot be done. Can't be done. Can't be done. No. Uh, DVD sales are flat to slightly negative, and rentals are going down about 5% per year. One thing that's probably smacked the rental business is gas prices. You have to pick up a movie on Friday and drive it back and drop it off Sunday. And the retail business has probably been hurt as much by other factors, such as, uh, well, prices. 
new material used to make uh, plastic discs, and that's going up because it's an oil-based product. Mm-hmm. No, I hadn't really thought about that. Everything made out of plastic is going to be more expensive because it's made out of oil. Now, they're finding consumers don't want to pay 30 to $40 a piece for DVDs when they can subscribe and get DVDs in the mail. Well, there's even a Netflix service for porn. I forget what it's called, but there's some... There is some service that is Netflix, but it's porn films. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine paying? I mean, not just porn for anything. Can you imagine paying forty bucks for a DVD to own at this point? I mean, that's ridiculous. I hate to turn everything into a plug, but I mean, CD Game Exchange. I mean, you know, even brand. I mean, you buy brand new stuff, I guess, every now and again if you absolutely have to have it. But I mean, Jesus, I paid forty dollars for the entire Godfather trilogy uh, on DVD with all of those like bonus. But forty bucks for that, man. So it's just insane. But they had this guy on from the Adult Video News. Let me ask you this. Uh, how many feature porn films do you think are released in America every single day? Every single day. Oh how many feature films? Do you know? Yes. Because he said it yesterday on the Michael Mara show. 150? I mean, okay, it's not that many, okay. but it's it's 36 a day. Imagine if Hollywood. But imagine if Hollywood put out 36 films a day. I mean, there are 36, Brett, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, there are 36 feature-length porn films put out every day. I mean, that's just like you're reaching a, a saturation point. There's just no, I mean, who, I mean, that, that literally you could just watch nothing but porn films. You could watch new, you could watch films, sort of conveyor belt style porn films as they were released in real time. Every day, and by the end of the first day, you would already be behind. They'd stretch all the way to the moon. Yes, they would, and back. So that's... Oh, I should totally have tipped off Jim Rupa on that to do one of those sidebar stories about if all the porn films were released, were laid end-to-end, they would stretch all the way to... Okay, next time. Next time we'll do that. Uh, Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. Come back with Mr. Skin uh, from MrSkin.com. Uh, let's see, uh, what else? And we'll talk a little bit to, to Richie Bristol about his Vegas trip, uh, and, and other things. Here's Tim Riley. So Forbes magazine has come out with the top earning movie stars. Guess who's number one? Wait, don't tell me. Male or female? Male. Um, uh, wh- movie stars. Uh, from TV, originally? Uh, he has played on TV. George Clooney. No. Okay, wait. That's my first, I'll get two, let me g- give you two guesses here. Uh, so that's my first guess gone. I didn't guess. He has been on TV. Uh, is he in a movie currently playing? Do yes. we know? Yes. Yes. He's in a movie currently playing. Oh, I know who. Will Smith. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Really? Yeah. Oh, I guess I should have expected that. Uh, Forbes magazine says he earned $80 million last year, the wow. most of any actor in a 12-month period from June of last year to this year. The star of Independence Day, I Am Legend, and Men in Black, has proven to be box office gold. He is the first actor ever have eight straight movies taken in more than $100 million at the box office. I really do. You know, you got to give it up to that guy. I mean, I, you, I, it's amazing to think that the Fresh Prince kind of runs Hollywood now to some degree. I mean, and I, and I have no ill... He was ill, even in Independence Day. Yes, he was. I, and I have no ill will towards Will Smith. I really, really do like him. He's a charismatic guy, good actor. Uh, it just, I wish he would sort of choose better projects sometimes, but... Clearly, I'm a the fool. Who loves crap? <laughs> they do it. Which brings us to the number two actor. Freaking eight movies at number one. Who am I to say you're picking wrong? I mean, clearly he's not. Um, but you know, even in bad films, he himself is good. Like in I Am Legend, where it kind of fell apart for me at a certain point, he was still good. Um, you know, and I, you know, I got to tell you, I watched Independence Day the other day with the riff tracks commentary, uh, which is just fantastic. I mean, if you've been missing Mystery Science Theater. You really, really, really need to use the Rift Tracks service. Uh, but I watched Independence Day with that, and it was just, what a great, terrible movie that is. All right, uh, who's number two? 
Someone who used to do good things. Robin then Williams. Then started to do crap, then crap, then more crap. Robin Williams. Still sells. No? Eddie Murphy? No. Oh, um, see, that would have been a good guess. I don't know. Johnny Depp. He's the number two. I see. I'm surprised he's that high in he the earned list. He $72 million, so we're told all of these Well, that's all Pirates, Pirates of, the of the Caribbean. That's totally yeah. that. Because other, because other than Pirates of the Caribbean, what is the last big movie he did, Willy if Wonka? anything? I guess that, but I don't even know if that was a big blockbuster. Oh, I mean, it, it was successful, but I don't think okay. it was. A, it, wasn't, it didn't blow out the doors or anything. I don't. Here's the thing about Johnny Depp is, other than the Pirates of the Caribbean films, everybody, I would say Johnny Depp is probably, would you agree with this, Johnny Depp is probably the most famous, I have to use this term sort of liberally, and the sort of purity police will come and punch me, but I mean, the, would you say that he is the most famous sort of art movie actor in the country? I guess so. Then. Because most of the movies he does are sort of art films. George uh, Clooney kind of would be kind of George Clooney's there too, where he makes sort of serious, sort of off kilter indie films. But doesn't make that much money. Because all the stuff Johnny Depp does, it's all this like weird sort of angular fear and loathing and Ed Wood and all of that stuff. And uh, but then he, you know, like everybody else, got to pay the rent occasionally, so he does Pirates of the Caribbean, in which he, you know, that's another thing. Where like Will Smith, Johnny Depp is the best thing about a bad film because those Pirates of the Caribbean films are crap. They're awful. You can edit any scene together and call it a movie. And they're long. God damn, they're long. I saw like a Martin no, Lando. God not. damn, it's cold. Uh, they're endless. I've only seen one. I, I've noticed I've oh. seen the other two. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Pirates of the Caribbean at Life's End. They, the, Pirate, the movie never ends, for the love of Christ. But he is exceptional. That's what makes it so, I don't want to say heartbreaking because it's so melodramatic, but that's, that's, what, that's what's so sad about those movies is he, Johnny Depp, is exceptional. He's so good. And it's like you want to beam him out and into a better film. Like, great performance. Let's put it in something that doesn't suck. That was like with Dreamgirls the other night, where I'm watching poor Jamie Foxx, who's exceptional in a movie that is dreck. Uh, so, well, all right. So who's so, number three? So he, he made $72 million. Number three? Actually, let's see. Apparently, they, they tied. It's a tie. Well, third and fourth are close. Pick one. Is Steve Carell in there somewhere? No, uh, he, he hasn't made... They made that Get Smart movie, and then well, I don't know. That failed though, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like an epic fail. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. Um, Is this third a man or woman? Matter woman. All men are in the top. As it should be, Tim. Oh. No uh, ladies have broken the, the the glass ceiling. Well, but no, because the last one who did it was Julia Roberts. Remember when she was making twenty twenty million a picture, like in the Aaron Brockovich days? But there really hasn't been a female celebrity, a female actress to come up to replace Julia Roberts, has there? I mean, no, no, not, you got... like, not the same caliber. I mean, Angelina Jolie cranks out all those like. Slutty movies. That's true. And you got like the, you know, like stupid, like Megan Fox and whatever. Yeah, but was there's like no. Jessica Alba. But they're, they're all just eye candy, though. There has been no Julia, because she can act. There's been no other Julia Roberts. Um, uh, Is it George Clooney? Nope. Shows how little I know about anything. Um, Damn. This is third and fourth tied? Mm-hmm. Well, they're close. Third and fourth tied. Are, are they both Jack uh, Nicholson. No. Are they both primarily film? Yeah. What about Morgan Freeman? No, no, no. Well, see, what originally began on TV? I don't know. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at loose ends. I got nothing. Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers. The fa- Oh God, are you kidding me? No. So wait, just do the do 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 just that quick list again. Those four. So we have Will Smith, Johnny Depp, Eddie Murphy, and Mike Myers. All of them who made made their bones, as they say, made their money in crap films. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Tim. The public loves crap. Absolutely. Give them more. It's very non-threatening. Uh, all right. Well, they don't have to think very hard. Jesus. Oh, by the way, who wants to know why in the future, uh, why futuristic movies use blue? I guess I do. You want to know? Sure. 
Siegfried says, hey, he says, warning, this is worthless knowledge. <laughs> but Siegfried, who knows more about movies than like anybody on Earth, is the guy to go to for this. The reason futuristic movies are blue is because expensive movies are shot with large, heavy lights, usually xenon lights or HMIs, which give off a blue hue compared to orange light of tungsten or ordinary household bulbs or theater lights. The night look of blue was primarily started by James Cameron, which in the industry is called Cameron Blue. That's pretty cool. That's going to be my porn name. Uh, old theatrical spotlights were carbon arc and had a green issue, which is where the term called limelight came from. Carbon arc was dangerous and went away 30 years ago. In movies, the crew usually have to change fluorescent lights with corrected bulbs. If not, it looks green in movies. If a fluorescent bulb is in a movie, it's substituted, regelled, or somewhat manipulated. Uh, he says, by the way, I don't know about the cast of Golden Girls, but Leonardo DiCaprio was a character on the last season of Growing Pains, if that helps. I love Siegfried. Seriously, I do. I love, I love everybody... It associated with our program at all. <laughs> see now I'm in the see this is when I'm in the upswing in the manic polar the manic uh, depressive cycle, Tim. I love everyone. You just sound like a typical girl who's premenstrual. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes oh. you're in a good mood, sometimes you're not. Or I mean, even all about Eve when she accepts. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be necessarily that you're bipolar. I sound like I'm in Sybil. <laughs> I'll three... come back only if you want me to. <laughs> the three faces of Rick. Uh, okay. Well, my ankles are swelling. Let's take a break. Uh, coming up, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Top five ballads that ruined the band. Sound clip inventory. And the life of Richie Bristol. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Girl that, that caters to handicapped people. Yes, yes, it is. And Richie. And she's Russian. Well, okay. And she's 22. Uh huh. <laughs> Whatever. I'm being metric here. Uh, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. Rick, this email says I knew this one bipolar skank that used to go to Hawthorne and try to hug everybody and talk about God and how wonderful everything was. Then she'd go home and try to kill herself. Once she shot a raccoon with a 12-gauge when it walked into her house because she left the door open. She disappeared and nobody knows where she went. Hopefully she's at the bottom of a lake somewhere. Wow. I, I just read them as they come in. I, uh, I'm i just a conduit, Sarah. Messenger, message. Messenger, message. Is this, uh, Richie, is this Mr. Skin that we'll be uh, speaking with here? Yeah, I'm calling. All right. Uh, well, we'll do that here in just a second. Uh, this is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The Dark Knight's domestic earnings currently stand at $203.7 million in less than a week. It is the first flick to cross the $200 million mark in five days. Jeez, that's unreal. So I just realized that we really haven't done any news today. That's not true. It I have a whole stack of it. It's totally true. Well, we did. All I remember is the story about the guy that got hit, hit on the hit by the car. All right. Okay. A pedestrian who was sent to George Washington University Hospital this morning was allegedly hit by a car driven by columnist Robert Novak, 
Novak, right after, uh, stepped out of a police cruiser, told reporters he was issued a citation for failing to yield a right of way. I didn't know I hit anybody. And the bicycle uh, rider stopped me and, uh, and uh, said I hit someone. I feel terrible. How, how would that, you not know how you... How could he feel terrible? <laughs> yeah, how could he feel at all? Without a heart. Uh, your soul is an appalling dung heap. How would you not know you hit somebody? I don't know. I mean... I guess if somebody not Robert Novak, maybe in some alternate world, if a guy in Kansas with a different name was drunk and driving his midlife crisis car, uh, you might be able to hit somebody uh, and not know you hit them. Not Robert Novak, because I'm sure he was sober, but I'm saying if somebody else driving a black Corvette at the age of like 80, uh, speeding down the road, allegedly, while drunk, were to hit somebody, then you might not know. I do remember similar situations. This husband and wife team who used to do this talk show every Christmas Eve at a talk radio station in uh, Los Angeles because they wanted to share their Christmas with their listeners. Right. Ran over some guy on the way to the station, never stopped. <laughs> well, it is Christmas. But they wanted to make it on the air for the Christmas Eve show to share their Christmas joy with everyone. Somebody got their license plate and his dead body is lying in the middle of Wilshire Boulevard. And are they doing the show while, uh, meanwhile, the cops are sort of at the window outside the studio, like, looking in? Like a... Mm-hmm. We need to arrest you. Now come out. Right after we sing Jingle Bells. <laughs> I, uh, you know, because what I'm picturing in my head is that Irene and Roger from Radio Days. Uh-huh. I don't know, Roger. Should we stop? No, Irene. It's Christmas. This, this, this was similar. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Roger and Irene. We had a frightfully good morning. We ran a man over and severed his spine. I left him for dead right in the middle of the street. We wanted to make sure we were here with you on time because it's such a tradition. Ignoring his cries for help. We've been with you for every Christmas Eve for the past 30 years. Pedestrians be damned. That's fantastic. It really happened. Oh, man. And the only thing that would have made that better is if it was one of those stories where they were like in the station vehicle. You know what I mean? Did you guys get the photo from Susan? The Hits van? Mm-hmm. Wow. That was funny. That was genius. i got to put that on my site. It was a van. It was a radio station somewhere that was called Hits, H-I-T-S. But when uh, when the panel door was opened, the S moved to the front <laughs> of the word. Wow. You know, that somebody got fired for that. That's a whole lot of like, why didn't you check? Uh, let's do one more here, and then we'll take a brief moment to talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Oh, then we have a Bob Novak in another story saying he's not happy with John McCain's campaign. As he feels, the campaign may have taken advantage of him. Novak reported on his column that McCain was going to announce his choice for a running mate this week. Now he says it may have been a trick so the McCain campaign could get some news coverage to counter Barack Obama's overseas trip. Why, Novak feels used. McCain people started knocking down the story, kind of shrugging their shoulders on it. You can draw <laughs> some conclusion that perhaps this was Swallow a way to get a little buzz and a little attention when Obama was dominating the news. Jesus, I just want to sponge his mouth out. It is like he forgets how to swallow, for the love of God. All right. Well, maybe that happened. Maybe he was confused because he was drunk. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yes. Anyway, let's welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from, from MrSkin.com. Uh, back after what I hope was a relaxing and restful vacation, Mr. Skin. Hello, sir. Well, as you know, Rick, nudity never rests. No. Yes. No, but I, but I know that one must recharge one's nudity-gazing uh, yes. batteries, sir. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, I wanted to touch base with you now. The Dark Knight, uh, everyone's seeing the movie, very popular right now. Uh, though it's a PG-13 film, there's no nudity, but the... 
co-star, the female lead, is Maggie Gyllenhaal. She plays Christian Bale's girlfriend uh, in, in the movie. And one thing about Maggie Gyllenhaal, she is not short on nudity in her career. She did a movie called Secretary a few years yeah. back. Full Frontal was awesome. Sherry Baby, another movie she's very naked. The best place to see her nude, though, is an HBO-produced movie called Strip Search, where she plays an American detained in China, and this uh, army guy brings her into this dungeon, and just she spends 90% of the movie completely nude. So Maggie Gyllenhaal has been very popular at MrSkin.com, not because of the skin she shows in The Dark Knight, but as uh, um, just because she's in the news and very popular. Now, another uh, thing to check out, The X-Files I Want to Believe opens this weekend, and uh, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson are back. Uh, no nudity, that's a PG-13 film, but if you want to see uh, if you want to see Gillian Anderson naked, uh, one movie she did before she hit it big on The X-Files called The Turning, she's topless in a kitchen, but she also did a movie uh, last year called Closure, and you see her own UFOs in that, her uh, unbelievable fun bag objects. So uh, the boobs are out there. If you want to see Gillian uh, Anderson, check it out. The movie's called Closure. Great toplessness from her, and she's very... Uh, Hot right now with the X Files. I want to believe being in theaters this weekend. Excellent. We have missed your wit, my friend. Oh yeah. All right. We'll we'll talk to you next week, brother. Thank All you. Right. There you go, Mister Skin from MisterSkin.com. He never runs out. I think he, he just takes does. vacation so he can write up more euphemisms to use. Uh, by the way, I was talking about the Golden Girls thing. I, I'm thinking of Richard Mulligan, apparently, who played a doctor on the Golden Girls. He then got the spinoff Empty Nest, starring Christy McNichol. The Empty Nest family, I'm now putting two emails together, the Empty Nest family apparently lived next door to the Golden Girls' house, and they popped in occasionally. So there you go. Here's Tim Riley. Well, how about that? More news. Don't go near the water. Discovery Channel launches its annual Shark Week this coming Sunday. Uh, shark expert Andrew Denhart said the annual event has become increasingly popular, and char sharks are not necessarily looking to eat humans. Each shark has very specific diets. Some sharks have flat molar-like teeth for crushing clams. Others, like the white shark, do have triangular serrated teeth for tearing into flesh. But the great thing that we know is that sharks are not actively hunting humans. Mm -hmm. Most attacks that do happen are mistaken identity. Sharks are very intelligent. They're comparable in intellect to uh, a dog. They're capable of learning trained behaviors and um, in the aquarium environment, we've been able to train sharks to come to colored targets and shaped targets to receive food. So they are capable of learning trained behaviors. I know that sharks get a bad rap and all, and they've been unfairly depicted by popular culture, but it seems creepy that you're training sharks how to get a target. Mm -hmm. seems like they don't need any help in that regard. It takes persistence. I, I suppose. Although it's funny, there's a great book by Carl Gottlieb uh, called The Jaws Log, uh, which is... Kind of a groundbreaking book. Uh, it came out in 75, I think, and Carl Gottlieb was the screenwriter for the film Jaws in 1974. And during production, of course, you know you know how it goes. The writer's on set the whole time because you always have to, like, hey, we need another scene where a guy loses an eye or whatever. And he's got to, like, Dad, we need backstory. So a guy's got to write it. Um, and so Carl Gottlieb was on set for the whole movie, and he kept a diary of the production of Jaws, which is a famously troubled production, very almost shut down many times. Almost didn't work. The shark never operated correctly, blah, 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 blah. Um, but he talks about how in the early days when um, Zanuck and Brown were kind of optioning the movie and trying to figure out they, their whole goal, their whole thought originally when they were making Jaws, which seems silly now, was that they were going to train a great white shark to act on command. Like, they thought you could do that. Well, because you can train dolphins. 
And they're like, well, yeah. it's like a dolphin with teeth. And so they had this whole thing that they were going to train a great white shark to do a bunch of stuff. And uh, I think they were told in very clear terms that that, that wasn't really possible. So getting back to this, oh, we're all done with the shark story. Let me tell you what's going on in South L.A., which used to be South Central L.A. Do we not call it that anymore? No, not anymore. A ban on new fast food in South L.A. is being considered by the city council there. Council member Jan Perry said the two-year ban is needed because about 30% of children in South L.A. are obese. There's no shortage of fast food restaurants in South Los Angeles. We have more than enough. What I'm trying to do is to take a land use issue and deal with a social issue, which is the high propensity towards diabetes, obesity, heart disease, hypertension that affects both African Americans and Latinos. Busybody. <coughs> Blighted areas need better places to dine out. These are areas that have long been disenfranchised, stereotyped, ignored, have been dumping grounds for liquor stores, fast food outlets, chop shops, auto repair. <sighs> Whatever. Blah. Uh, it, I don't live in Los Angeles, but it does seem as though in any community there are probably more pressing problems. Uh, than whether your children are eating uh, French fries. It seems like there may be larger concerns to deal with. That's just my take on it. Here's Tim Riley. Well, after allegedly firing two dancers and pushing her tour manager to the limit, Madonna could be facing a meltdown. The UK Sun reports the pop icon's health is beginning to fail as her mood swings take a toll on those around her. Hmm, maybe she has that disease. Doctors have reportedly diagnosed her as anemic, and reports say she recently suffered a powerful knee injury on the cusp of her Sticky and Sweet World tour that's set to launch next month. Madonna turns 50 in August, and she's been urged to take some time off and relax because she is getting older. Well, now, so I, here's a question. I don't know what anemia is. What is that? I'm not sure. Doesn't that thing, like, you look really, we use it all the time, like, you look really anemic. I called Tim Ryan anemic the other day, and I don't even know what it means. I don't have something to do with blood. <sighs> yeah, I got nothing. I have no idea. Anemic? Anemic. Anemic. How are you spelling it? Anemic. You, you have less red blood cells. Fewer. You have fewer red blood cells. Fewer. Than the normal quantity of hemoglobin. Uh, and that's what gives you oxygen, It I is believe. a uh, B12 deficiency. Okay. Further questions? So Madonna doesn't have enough hemoglobin. No. All right. I think she can afford it. If she Allegedly. Can. I mean, can't you just get an injection of that? Heath Richards got all new blood. I mean, can't you just, can't you just hook into a machine and get stuff by the hemoglobin mark and get whatever? All She's right. been urged to take some time off. Relax. Stop pushing your body to the extreme. Is she really pushing her body to the extreme? This seems this seems like a little bit I, I love Madonna. I'm sure that her stage show is very exciting. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's, of course it is. That's what it's, it's more lies. It's a tissue All of lies. All Christmas when the tour, <laughs> you'll be hearing something new every day. It's just, this is just a parcel of deception, Tim. Because you know what this is for? This is, this is so, well, it can be like Madonna's playing through the pain. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to hear the story and go, she is such a trooper. You know, at her age, she looks fantastic. And I saw her and her, she was dancing and running around. And, you know, she has anemia. And, I mean, they told her she wasn't even, she was supposed to be home in bed. They must have really adjusted her metal plates as well. <laughs> instead, instead, she did a two-hour show. I mean, she is really fantastic. There's nobody she was like walking her. on her own. Fantastic. Um, but in reality, though, it's just, like, I'm sure that there's somebody out there who, like, pours hot concrete for a living that doesn't want to hear about how Madonna is pushing her body to the limit by dancing every <laughs> night. 
I mean, I, it seems like maybe that's just the, the tiniest bit of an overstatement for dramatic and ticket sale purposes. Well, apparently she's resting in the Hamptons with her good friend Gwyneth Paltrow. Madonna has been thrust into the spotlight in recent weeks, with reports suggesting that her marriage to director Guy Ritchie may be on the rocks. Madonna hates being thrust into the spotlight. Yes. I look at the beginning of the story, I liked her. Now at the end of the story, I'm all angry at her. They're doing things against her wishes. There are rumors surrounding her relationship with baseball star Alex Rodriguez. <sighs> A tell-all book by Did you hear brother. that there's a sex tape of the two of them? I heard that. I heard that yesterday, that there's a Madonna, Alex... How, how much? too, like in the hotel that they were How much at? do you want to bet that that story came from Madonna? I'm not saying it did. She would do something. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. She's a very private woman. She's <laughs> a wilting flower. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it did, but I'm saying... I'm, I'm saying if you were to... If somebody were to offer me that proposition, I would not bet against that. That's all I'm saying. Uh, on KCMB Portland, a proud part of the CBS radio family. Let's do uh, a couple more here, then we'll... Let's do one more, and then, Tim, I know you have to go prepare more news for the people. I do. Do one more, we'll break, we'll come back, we'll talk to Richie Bristol about his Neapolitan business uh, and his reservation at you with the horse. Uh, and, and then we'll do the top five later. Top five, ballads that ruined a band. Here's Tim Riley. A one-time gig on ABC's Ugly Betty apparently wasn't enough for singer-slash-actress Lindsay Lohan. That's what she's called these days. A 22-year-old is in New York City... She's only 22? I know I say this every time we have a story about her. She's been around forever, I know. Uh, she's filming her appearances for five episodes of the show's upcoming third season that premieres September 25th. She made a cameo in the flashback scene of Ugly Betty in the show finale in May. She'll return in the same character, a mean girl who bullied America uh, Fiera. Oh, is that the girl's name? America Fiera. I believe so. All right, her character. Ugly Betty is up for 11 nominations in the Primetime Emmy Awards. They'll be presented September 21st. Here's the thing about Lindsay Lohan, and here's why I can't imagine that she's only 22, even though she apparently is, and even though I know I've been corrected on this like a dozen times, is that, like, she's only 22. Here's why my brain doesn't process Lindsay Lohan being only 22. Because she's presumably, all things being equal, going to live for another 60 years. What else is there to... Where where will she? And I mean this really. I, I'm honestly wondering this. Where will Lindsay Lohan be in 15 years? She can't. There's no way she'll still be famous, right? Unless she's dead, and would she be famous for that? I mean, she's already acted and burnt out at that. Mm-hmm. Had a failed singing career. Yeah. Been in rehab a billion times. Mm-hmm. The whole weird drunk driving can drunk driving, falling asleep, vomiting on herself in public incarcerated in rehab, out, weird whole sex thing with the, the other girl. and the, I mean, it's like, what is there left to do? Well, she just push the envelope a little bit more like murder somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tim Riley. The, the, CBS, the CBS News Department is urging Lindsay Lohan to go murder someone. <laughs> I think that might thrust her back into the limelight. <laughs> you want to be an agent. <laughs> now, look, there is a downside to this, but... Uh, that's like a little Malcolm McLaren coming here right there. Fantastic. We'll go out on that. I give good <laughs> I should be a career coach. <laughs> the next thing we're just going to see Lindsay Lohan leaning out of a window with a high-powered rifle. I'm ready for my close-up. Bam. <laughs> Genius. He's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. He's only here on AM 970. See him Back tonight at the, the Willamette Week party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We were we turned around the corner. Don't go anywhere. I'm a classy girl.
this on Xbox. I'm a classy girl. You're a grandstander. That's all I have to say. I'm a classy girl. What is ringworm? I'm a classy girl. His tongue is hanging out. Look what I got you. I'm a classy girl. <laughs> I'm a classy girl. Good news, everyone. I'm a classy girl. Jesus, for the love of Christ. I'm a classy girl. Fantastic. Uh, Todd the Corpse sent me some isolated sound bites the other day. But I should I should pull. I want to hear what we sourdough English Western bagel again. Uh, I can play it right now if you want. Let's do it. Let's do that and then we'll uh talk to Richie Bristol. Let me pull that up. See where did it go. Alright, and what kind of you know, what what are my choices for bread? And she, and said, she said white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. And clearly she had it hold down to like a whole David Mamet-esque like flow. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. 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 What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. Jesus, Jesus. That's fantastic. That is. It never gets old. No, and I think we've also got the. Let me see if I've got this. Um, let's see. We now also we bring the you sound bites, the exciting sounds. Of this is 11 inches, Sarah. <laughs> right there. That's it. Well, this is 11 inches, Sarah. Thank you. That's I need it. to build a sex temple. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear when I put my baby in you? <laughs> I better take off my pants. Take off your pants. Let me go to uh, the hornysluts.com. Great food like bosoms. Your bosoms? Uh, which are plentiful. It's really possible it's being hidden in my box. You must take my seat. I'm sweating for the anus. No matter what you do in your life. You will never be as retarded as I am. It's funny because it's true. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the. Uh, you're listening to the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. Okay. So here's what we got. Uh, we got. Um, you got to bring Richie in to talk it about It always wars. throws me off when we come out of those things and we don't go into a bed. And then I have to talk straight away, as they say in Britain. Uh, Would you like me to play a bed? No, it's fine. I'm, I'm rolling. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're a pro. No, I'm a pro. I can do it. This with. is the Rick Emerson Show. Um, so uh, the award-winning Rick Emerson Show, Sarah. Indeed. So we've got... Uh, Tim Riley coming back, bottom of the hour. We have the uh, top five ballads that ruined a band. Uh, we have to talk to Richie about impersonating Tim tonight. We have to talk to Richie about his horror trip. We've got to talk to you about your high school reunion, and we have sound effects. What should we do now, producer? Let's bring in Richie. That's R- what we kind Richie of- Bristol, can you join us in the studio, please? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's loud. It was just like an electronic blurt that came out of there. Just like a blast of static. It's like a flash of green light. Hi, Richie. Hi, Tim. I'm Tim. Yeah, we have to have him pretend to be Tim Riley. Right, let me just get this out I'm of Tim, and I like horrors. 
<laughs> I'm going to embarrass the hell out of him tonight. I don't think you should take advantage of Tim Riley's a powerful man. Uh, I don't. don't forget, Tim Riley has the power to crush anybody. Do I have to come to work tomorrow? Oh. Those horrors don't pay for themselves, Richie. No, Intercom does. All right. Yes. I sold my Intercom stock. Where's the stock plummeting? Oh, God. I, I lost <laughs> ten whores in the last three months from their stock, basically. I, I did the calculation to whores, and it left me with three. It was like three years of work down You're the You were calculating day. your intercom stock in terms of how many whores you could get with it. So do you know how much your whores are? Did you schedule the appointment, and then it, they're going to tell you? Well, if... When Intercom fired me, I could have got like 15 whores at that time. Now I got, I could get three. You lost 12 whores in like a year. Yeah. That's a whore a month. Yeah. Wow. You're setting a land speed record for use of the term whore, by the way. So, can you talk about how much your whores are? Uh. Well, they do, they, do they vary in price? They didn't talk about that, but I did already pay the house fee. Okay, well, let's back up for a second. <sighs> All right, so you are, so you're going to Vegas this weekend, right? Is that the deal? When yeah. are you leaving town? Sunday. Leaving town Sunday, you're going to get in Sunday night. Wait, and how long are you going to be there for? Uh, till Saturday. Sunday so to Saturday in Vegas. In Vegas, that, dude, in dog years, that's like that's like a that's like a month. That's a mistake. Know. Vegas exhausts you. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, I got a lot of shows to go to. And what are you doing? What else are you doing? What other than horrors? What else are you doing? Well, I got second row at uh, Cirque du Soleil Zumanity. Pretty excited about mm -hmm. that. Also going to the Riviera Comedy Club. Going to a Luau. You're going to be dead. A magic show. You going to Penn and Teller? Crazy Girls. Are you going to the Penn and Teller show? No. Okay. It's a so that's a, greatest magic show. Whatever. All right. That's yeah. You're going to be dead, dude. You're you're, you're going to be. You're, I mean, you're going to. You are going to look so bad you when know. you come back. And then there's Dune Fest. I'm supposed to go straight from the airport to Dune Fest, which is south. what. It's a party out on the dunes down in Winchester Bay. And, of course, you're going to be drinking like a fish through all of this and gambling and not sleeping. I mean, it's, I mean I'm sure you're going to have a great time. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, <laughs> look, when I go to Vegas, I go for like three days. That's it. Because at the end of three days, it's like you're up all night, you're not sleeping, you're gambling, you're eating bad. Even if you don't drink, you feel like you're drunk. I mean, I'm sure you, I really mean it. I'm sure you'll have a great time. But if you are just going to be so beat. <laughs> you are going to be hosed when you get back. All right, so you're there for six days then? Yeah. Six days. Okay. Um, so when are you going to this brothel? Uh, 11 o'clock on Thursday, the 31st. 11 o'clock well, at night? Well, I don't know. I just got an email back from somebody, and they said that Ariel can't do it that late, and she has to go a little early. Yes, Aaron Xavier. What is Aaron Xavier? Where did that come from? And why does it have three A's? <laughs> why is Aaron spelled with three A's? I don't even know anything. I mean, I just get these emails. But it says Aaron Xavier. I don't know. Maybe there are middle names in there or something. Oh, that's but that's them. That's not you. Oh, this is not you. The Aaron Xavier is the person there. No, and I use my... Yes, and Richie's is I love V100. Okay, see, I didn't see that. I thought maybe that was like your user... Okay, so, okay, never mind. I, I thought that was like a fake name or something. So, so. you so you booked all three girls for this one night. You're, you're Neapolitan. Yeah, but now I got a... It's, it's a, like... And this is a blonde girl, a brunette girl, and a redhead. Yeah, and right. it's a... Well, not a brunette. It's more chocolate. Um, This is a... Jordan, a, I believe, or... She one? is Asian, she is black, she is... Black. She's black. Okay. So you have a blonde, uh, you have a black girl, and you have a red-headed girl. Oh, yeah. All right. And so this and so, uh, this is Thursday night, but now one of the girls can't make it? Yeah, Ariel's is... Ariel is who? It'll be easier if you just refer the to them as... Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, I hate to be that guy, but it'll yeah. be easier if you just do that. It's all red. So the strawberry girl can't make it. And she's the one I'm centering everything over, because it's the hardest to find the redhead. Is that true? Yeah. Just because there are fewer well, redheads? Any other night? 
Uh, I just shot back the email because she said it asked earlier. Oh, earlier on the she's night. she's going to be sending me an email personally. Well, you could do it earlier in the night. A whore is going to be writing you an email personally? How special maybe she, yeah. maybe she really likes you, Richie. Maybe she doesn't just see you with like a piece of meat with money on it. Uh, so, uh, but so it's, it's Vegas. 11 o'clock is like noon here. Well, but, the, but, the, but, the, but she wants to do it early. I was just going to say, first of all, it's a redheaded girl who's going to have sex with you. Also, by dint of the fact that it's Vegas, it doesn't matter if you go out there. You could go out there at four in the afternoon because it, there's no time because time doesn't even matter. There. I'm not coming out when the sun comes out. I'm going to be graveyard shift. You're going to be to hide your shame. You're going to be sleeping during the day. I'll be sweating if I go outside. Sounds like you'll be sweating inside. (laughs) (laughs) See, best show ever. All right. So, all right. So it's all about the redheaded girl and when she can do it. And so redheads are the most difficult just because there were fewer redheads in the population, I would imagine, than... than, than, There's fewer best looking. I mean... Looks like there were fewer redheaded whores when he was trying to find them. I suppose. Uh, so what made you settle on this place, this as opposed to the Mustang Ranch or the whatever? Well, they have the most, the biggest selection, and it's all it's all about the redhead. Okay. So, for do you know, do you have a, a, any idea? First of all, how long with these three girls? From from the from the from when the meter starts running till the end, how long do you have it? Well, they said if I show up half an hour early, usually you can have a few drinks so you get comfortable right. with them. But I mean, in terms of like when when the when the flag goes goes down on the meter, that we have to discuss when there's a minimum. And but so what are you what are you gonna? I mean, what is your what is your plan basically? What is your plan for how long the the action part of the the evening? whole intercom check. <laughs> so are you so just what is the get... house fee? What have you had to pay so far? Uh, it's like a twenty-five to thirty percent house. Fee. Which is how much? It covers the house fee, nine hundred bucks. Wait, nine hundred dollars is twenty-five percent. Thank you, Intercom. Oh wow, <laughs> Richie, four grand you're gonna spend on this? It's more like thirty-six hundred seventy bucks. Uh, okay, well I was rounding, but yes, thirty-six hundred. So wait, you've had to put down a house fee of twenty-five percent, and is that just in case you don't show up? Yeah, or they, 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 it's like lost. So if you back out, do they out, have any guarantee for you? So, like, say you already threw down nine. God, nine hundred dollars. No, that's a good point. Is there any sort of guarantee that if you show up, they're not? It's not going to be bait and switch. Like, oh, she couldn't make it, but here's her sister Blanche. No, because that's part of the deposit part of it. If you just show, so you are you confirming have the girl. I got bunches of email, and it's on the. It's going to be confirmed. I mean, they've been sending these confirmations, and so I'm getting. So, it, part of the part of the 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 fee you are paying here is to guarantee that the girl you are interested in will be there. Yeah, because which I'm not... seems reasonable. They are a business, after all. I guess they're regulated, so maybe they're not. It's not. I'm not saying it's a scam job, but I mean. Yeah, you could. I could just show up and go. You, you, and. But you. then you have to pick what. Then you have to pick what. If you walk in off the street, you have to pick whatever's there. Yeah, old big ladies or something. All right, okay. So nine hundred. So you're paying thirty six hundred. So, but here's the thing. Look, I, I've never, I've never done this before. But it seems like if you just say I got thirty six hundred, what's that going to get me? Then that's the wrong way to do it, right? Because then they're going to go. Then they're just going to give you. In other words, you don't want to. Did you your tell hand. them your? Yeah. Did you tell them the amount that you had before? Uh. Uh-uh. Well, then how did they arrive? You're saying it's 25... I, they said they wanted to deposit. Maybe, am I missing, I'm so confused about all this. It's how did they, scandalous. How did they arrive at the $900 figure? Because they want to deposit if I want to make reservations okay. for certain okay. girls. Let's, let's, but let's, let's take it one step at a time. Okay. Is that $900 the same for a deposit for anybody, or is that a specific amount that they came up with you for a specific reason. For a Neapolitan, if I want to reserve. Is it, okay, so now. So the $300 a girl, is maybe? It, so is it, a, is it $300 per girl, period? 
I don't know. Because do you see what I'm saying? Like how we, you're saying it's 25 percent, but how would they calculate that unless they know how much you have to spend? Well, they know that I want a Neapolitan, and then I guess the length of time and all that is discussed with them. And if they get their deposit, they don't care. You have to deal with them with the hookers after that point. It's so they got confusing. The I just have, their money, so I'm so. Gu- so I'm guessing that the three hundred dollar there's a three hundred dollar per girl fee, period, flat, regardless of anything. Yeah. And then whatever else you negotiate with the girls is whatever you negotiate yeah. with the girls. Which the house doesn't care now because they got their money. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so I see. So this makes sense now. So the, what you've paid now is the house fee. Uh-huh. You have paid. It's like, it's like you know what it is? It's like the, it's like the, it's like the, uh, the, like the, the, the rake. Yeah. When you're playing poker. Uh, where the, the, the rake, where it's like, uh, of the money in the pot, you're playing poker, of the money in the pot, the house every so often takes X percent of the pot, and that's like the fee to, to the, that's how their overhead is covered. So if you're playing poker, they take a certain amount off the top. Right. So each of these of, girls are worth like twelve hundred dollars, basically. So the house is so you. They said twenty five percent, right? So yeah, so uh, so you when you reserve a girl, you are reserving at three hundred per girl, and that that flat out goes to the house. Right. Everything you pay, so that's gone. Everything you pay from now. In other words. The house has now been paid. The girls have so far got nothing. So every dollar you pay from now on is what you are negotiating with the girls. Yeah, but I also believe they pay like a fee too every day. All right, but but I mean for simplicity's sake. My house sake, fee, and then they have to pay every day too, right. regarding how many. But but in terms of you, you've now paid the house. That's taken care of. Right. Now you got to work on what you're going to pay the girls. Right. All right. And that's why I don't know. So now you've, you're out 900. So now you have, what, 2,500 left? <laughs> yeah, whatever the matter. So now you've got to see what you can get for three from three girls for however long for 2,500. Right. Okay. All right. So there's so much. I'm so glad we did this today and not like Friday because there's so much yeah. more we got to do. Because, okay, but here, okay, hold on. i got to write down a thing. And i got an idea for tomorrow. We don't have time to do this today. I have an idea for tomorrow. Okay. Oh, we'll so I found this thing on the Internet. Wow. So prices for the girls at Sherry's brothel can range from two hundred dollars to fifty thousand dollars. But that fifty dollars—that's like that. What's his guts from New York, Elliot Spitzer? Where it's like you're paying that just just because you're some just because you're some jerk who wants mm. to say you paid fifty grand. That's like that. Um, have you ever seen on the on the, on the Travel Channel? There's that um, that restaurant in Manhattan where they'll serve you. Susie Orman was talking about this the other day. They serve you a hot fudge sundae. Uh, that uh, there's they'll serve you a hot fudge sundae that is like um th- it's like nine thousand dollars and it's like and it's and it's just like it's just there as like an attention getting thing mm-hmm. it's so you can take some girl and go look I'm gonna buy you a nine thousand dollar hot fudge sundae uh so all right all right so so what are we uh all right so what what are we doing here so um so these are the girls here these are the three girls that you have you have secured that you have uh, reserved. Yeah. All right. Now these are black and white, so you'll have to walk me through. So the Ariel, this is the she's brunette. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh so, no, 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 no. She's redhead. Oh, she's the redhead. Okay. So Ariel, the redhead. Uh, and I guess we'll post these at some point. Are we going to put these pictures up somewhere? We we ought yeah. to post these so the so the people can see. Uh, can you? How do we want to do? Sarah, do you want to do it, or should I do it? Well, I'll find. I'll find. All right. Post pictures. So of we'll we'll yours. we'll post these at. Uh, <laughs> you'll be able to see these girls at uh, SarahXDillon dot com. So Ariel, so she is the redhead. She caters to, uh, I don't know what this means. I cater to black couples. Oh, black comma. Well, I don't know what that means. Uh, ladies, handicap dominance. 
Right. Was well, she dominant or she caters? No, she caters to dominance. I get. Well, I don't really know what that means. You should, did you look at the interests before you booked them, or did you just go you just, strictly in hair color? You just went right to the handicap girl. Uh, well, okay. So, so you're none of those things, Richie. You're not black. You're not a couple. You're not a lady. Not now. Uh, you're not handicapped. I figure you don't want to dominate someone. You want to be dominated. Right. Oh. Well. Are you more dominant or submissive? I am. Or you are a switch. I have no clue. All right. Okay. I'm all over the board. My best feature. What is her best feature, Sarah? Her boobs. Personality. Oh. But the, see, you tried to be more honest than she. <laughs> Favorite position, all. Favorite toy, all. Favorite sport, insert joke here, volleyball, football, soccer. Favorite colors, green and white. Wow. Of course. <laughs> That's the, the most... blonde one's name? Uh, the blonde is... Uh, Jordan and... Uh, hold on. Hold uh, Ariel, on. right? No, no, no. no, no. That's Logan. Logan. Blonde this is the most honest thing she said. My favorite colors are green and white. That's the only true thing you're going to get out of this girl, Richie. Uh, most unusual place I've had sex, roller coaster. Languages I speak, Russian and English. Fantasy, there are so many. All right. Uh, she's 5'5", five, five, 115, red hair, green eyes. Red hair and green eyes, the devil's combination, Richie. Sweet. Um, and then it has her measurements, um, age 22. That's a lie. In my opinion, my journalistic opinion, <laughs> that doesn't seem like it's true. But she's still a true. I'll get. But I mean, I, you know, this is only a black and white photo when it's posed. But she's cute. I mean, she's very pretty. Those aren't real, though. Uh, those. Do you care about that? No. I thought you said you wanted real boobs. Yeah, those aren't. Those aren't real. Those I are don't, fake. If uh, one out of three is real, we're good to go. All right. <laughs> um, this is so great. It has little tips here. Searching tips. Hey, if you're here's a tip, Sarah. If you're looking for an entertainer, is that what they're called, capital E? If you're looking for an entertainer that has large breasts, try searching double D. Or double D brunette. Just, you know, there you Thanks go. Thanks for the tip, Brad. Yeah. We'll make right. my whore a lot easier. Here is uh, Jordan. So Jordan is the black girl. She's cute. Her uh, pictures are even better. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's attractive. Um, and then, But this is the great thing. Her profile is totally blank. How about me? Email for details. Best feature? Email me for details. <laughs> Favorite position? Email me for details. Favorite color? Pink. Uh, languages I speak. English. Fantasy. Email me for details. She's 56125. I emailed her. Did you? Yep. Age Did zero. Age zero? I, I strongly doubt that her age is zero. <laughs> is this she in the share there? Did you dump that? Yes. It, it, I just, it, only, beca only because it's classless. <laughs> um, no, it looks like she's... It, she looks wet. She looks like she's in the shower here, like her hair's wet. Um all right, here we go. What else do we have here? Logan. This is the blonde. Uh -huh. Now, this is deceptive. She looks cute here. I mean, she's clothed, but she's on her back. And so it's hard to, you know, you can't really get it. It's like at a weird angle. She's on her back, which means everything. I mean, like literally hair, face, everything sort of shifts a little. So it's sort of hard to tell. She's very leggy. Uh, best feature, legs. My favorite position. <laughs> Anywhere, any position where the man is dominant. Uh, let's see. Favorite sport. You should do more research. <laughs> Favorite sport. Sex. Favorite color. Pink, white, blue, and green. You can't have four favorite colors. <laughs> uh, Maybe she doesn't like a commitment. Hey, this is interesting. Language. This languages I speak. This is interesting. Language. Uh, languages I speak. English and sign language. That is interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, but I guess I guess folks who are deaf, uh, you know, they have needs too. Well, fair enough. Uh, five nine, five nine, one thirty five, blonde, blue, uh, twenty six. Five nine. Yeah, it's five nine. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> you like tall girls? I want a short one, a tall one, a medium. 
<laughs> what are you? Are you Goldilocks? What is it? <laughs> All right, fine. All right, so Sarah's going to post these pictures. Uh, so you are out now. Now you can If you cancel now, you lose the nine hundred, right? right? Like you're pot. You are pot committed. Right, but until we lock in, I mean, because they sent me another email, so I could change it up. But it's all centered around Ariel, basically. Right About now. around the redhead. But I asked for two things too. I made two requests. That we have three different flavors of ice cream, and I get to keep their underwear afterwards. <laughs> you have to pay more for that. Probably, but I'm gonna bring them back so I can wear them. <laughs> Your horse froze my blog. You <laughs> <laughs> shook my battleship. <laughs> All right. I got a virus from... <laughs> Never mind. Uh, all right. Well, th- thank you, Richie. So you're 900 bucks in, so you got to go through with it now. Yeah. All right. There's so much more I want to ask. We're, we got to separate. We got to set aside like a whole half hour during tomorrow's show to talk about this. All right. All right. Excellent. Thank you, Richie. All right. All right Richie, I'll be person. Jim Riley later. Oh, dude, we didn't even talk about that. Well, oh, let's just must. let's do the top five tomorrow. Okay. So, uh, well, let's take a break. We'll come back. News from Tim, and then we'll talk to Richie Bristol about being Tim, being Tim Riley. It's like being John Malkovich. Uh, so we'll come back. News from Tim, uh, and then we'll talk to Richie Bristol about being Tim Riley at tonight's Willamette party. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Ladies and gentlemen, please give your attention to Tim Riley. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. You probably saw the huge black smoke. Three-alarm commercial fire broke out early this morning at Buckaroo Thermoseal, 5410 Northeast 109. Nobody was injured. Firefighters arrived at 10 a.m. to find heavy ember-filled smoke pouring out of a huge plume in the building. The black column of smoke could be seen for miles. Fire officials say the smoke was burning through several types of roofing materials. Areas close to the fire were evacuated. Eighty firefighters from Portland Fire and Rescue and Gresham had an old fallen power line. Semi-trucks at the loading dock also had to be moved. And a 5,000-gallon diesel tank near the burning building, well, they kept an eye on that, too. Buckaroo Thermoseal is a contractor business. They do roofing, siding, drywall, and insulation. Police arrested two paparazzi near Britney Spears' home earlier this week on suspicion of loitering. 35-year-old Alexandra Pesos and 35-year-old Eduardo Riviera were trying to snap pictures of the pop star from a fire access road on a hillside near her Studio City home. Police were called after somebody reported the photographer's loitering on city-owned property. Police came and first warned them and informed the men they were trespassing on city property. But when they came back an hour later, the men were still there. They were arrested, booked, and released. They even impounded one of the paparazzi cars. You know, that sort of makes you wonder if the address where celebrities, like if the addresses for celebrities are just sort of public knowledge. You know what I mean? Like there's so many people who work at so many gossip sites and so many papers. It, it, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to stalk Britney Spears. I'm not trying to get somebody to, like, tell me where she lives. I'm just saying it seems, you know, there's so many people must have that knowledge. Like, how difficult, it sort of makes you wonder why there aren't people outside of all celebrities' homes all the time. Like, how difficult could it be to find that out? Yeah, it's common knowledge. Yeah, there's like a thousand people working for the Inquirer. There's however many people working for TMZ. There's Perez Hilton. There's X-17. There's all those sites. 
They got to know where to go to film her. Oh yeah, and I'm sure they follow you know follow celebrities home yeah. all the time. And all you have to do is follow the paparazzi, who themselves are easy to find. Mm-hmm. So it, it is sort of astounding that though that that information kind of isn't more public than it already is. So wow, yeah. And, and of course, if you live in like New York, all you do is go in through the security gates and they shut. Yeah. And there are people living in tall buildings, and you really can't loiter around places. No. So that's what happened. Anyway, are you ready for the? Oh. Don't tell me this new movie of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley is out. Step Brothers, it's a new outrageous knee-slapping comedy. <laughs> I'm picking up on your sarcasm. Do you have low hopes for the film? Uh, Step Brothers centers on two immature middle-aged men forced to live together as family when their single parents tie the knot. It also has uh, Mary uh, Steenberger. That's who that is, who plays the mom. I was, I saw the at, when we at the at Wanted they played the trailer for the a red band trailer, which means it was full of profanity. Uh, I couldn't put my finger on who the mom was. That's it. What's yeah. the mom's name? Mary Steenburgen. She's Ted Danson's wife. She was also in um, she was in like Nixon. She played the she played Richard Nixon's mother and. She, oh, she was in Parenthood. She's in Parenthood. That's right. She's yeah. the mom in Parenthood. Yeah. Uh, Farrell said he and the director were determined to work together. We had so much fun working on Talladega uh, nights, the three of us, and we really kind of made a pact, a blood pact to try to work on something else together. And, and, you know, I think it was John who was really the catalyst who said, you know, let's really make a concerted effort because I I think you you work on films with people, you have fun experiences, and then you say, let's do it again, and it it slips through your fingers. Nobody's going to see it because people are going to keep seeing Batman. And and my thing is, so am I alone here in that it's sort of hard to tell now what is an actual Judd Apatow film and what is just sort of coming out of the Apatow Laugh Factory? Because of the chuckle hut. Yeah, because it, doesn't it seem like doesn't it seem like all every comedy that comes out now is sort of like from the guys who brought you Forty Year Old Virgin, but it's but you can never really tell. Like some of them, Judd Apatow was written. Some he directed but didn't write. Some he wrote but didn't direct. Some he merely produced. Mm-hmm. Some just have like Seth Rogen walking on the screen for five minutes. I do want to see Pineapple Express though. Now is that already out and gone? No, no, it hasn't come out yet. What's the one that was already out and gone? That was the Apatow film. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay, that's it with Nick from Freaks and Geeks. No, that's Pineapple Express. Wait, which one's Nick? Is that the one that she dates? Nick is the guy who goes to the disco. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, n- that's Pineapple No, that isn't Pineapple Express. See, that's what no, I no, mean. No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. No, it's, it's so, it is so hard to tell. No, I can't even... Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's actually playing at the Baghdad right now, I believe. Uh, all right. Is that a Judd Apatow film? I don't. See, but that's, it, it seems like every movie that comes out now is a Judd Apatow joint, but I can't really... Uh, I cannot really tell whether that's the case or not. I will say that I laughed once really loudly during the Step Brothers trailer. Not so, but the rest of it. The rest of it, it just... The bunk bed scene, because, I mean, now, uh, granted, I, the bunk bed scene, which I think, though, has already been, where did I just see that? I think it was Family Guy, actually. I think there's a Family Guy sequence where a guy jumps on the top bunk. I think it's when they go to prison. Don't Brian and uh, Peter end up in prison at some point? They end up in jail. That one was on last night. Get Brian out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a thing where Brian and Peter go to jail, and it's like, I, get the, I call the top bunk, and he jumps up on the top bunk, and poof. You know, and which is exactly what they do in, in Step Brothers. Yeah, and the, the, so they so the, the the bunk collapses, and then there's Will Ferrell inside doing really what he does well, and, and I mean this sincerely, which is that he screams for the love of God, you know, and that's funny. The rest of it, it just seemed I don't know, it seemed moderately amusing. That seems like a that seems like a beer film. I like the trailer right after. Please turn off your cell phone. <laughs> I like the trailer that tells people to shut up. All right.
Here's a uh, side-splitting scene. We really made a point to sit down and meet. and That's the wrong one. <laughs> we had so much fun working on Talladega. That's also wrong. Well, you're not going to hear it today. <laughs> <laughs> you just, Tim, are you a quitter? Way to give up, <laughs> news department. <laughs> he tried to find it. Here's a side-splitting scene. <laughs> Let's let's try this one. All right. You know, Adam's one of the few directors who we. No. Kind of... <laughs> this must tell you something about this motion picture. Well, let's. I've just... tried three times, and they've all been wrong. Let's just do this. Somebody call David eight one eight three. Tell him the tornado's right over his house. Yeah, I've seen that. This thing is massive. Oh my God! I was waiting for that microwave power to go. Oh. Never did. Uh, plug it into a plug-in. Uh, anywhere, right? First plug-in you see. <laughs> you want that on tape? Oh. It is. <laughs> Holy! Oh my God! They're losing shingles now. <laughs> It's right there. Yeah, Morgan, get downstairs. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, this is not what I was trying to play. I was trying to play that Mega Mix. It's raw power. Is that you? It's Shark Week. Here's the deal. You have one month to find jobs or you're out in your asses. I will arrange interviews for Monday and you will go. Dad. Why are you talking to We me? have a wacky setup. I'm not buying that crap anymore. You yelled rape at the top of your lungs. Mom, I honestly thought I was going to be raped for a second. He had the craziest look in his eyes, and at one point he said, let's get it on. That was about the fighting. Scene. I'm so not a raper. All right, that's it. Well, all right. Yeah, it wasn't very funny. No. It wasn't. Nah, that's too bad. It'll be on the video pretty soon. Go, okay. go to the red box and get all over and watch it. <laughs> I might vote you. That must be the... Can I just say, that must be the saddest thing as a filmmaker when the public finally says, hmm, $10, no. Eight? No. Seven? No. 99 cents. Okay, I'll pay 99 cents. Mm, it's a movie you paid, is genius. You paid $150 million to make the where, movie. Where Hollywood goes to die. <laughs> Red box. <laughs> well, I guess your movie's worth a buck if I'm already at Safeway. You clapping something off? For Tim Riley. Oh, I'm Time sorry. Clap me off. Clap the news off. <laughs> Don't forget, Richie Versa will play me tonight at the Willamette Week uh, social event. Stop. <laughs> stop it. Stop. You stop. You stop. Shut up! I am so not a raper. Uh, no, I hate you. All right, uh, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7. Uh, top of the air all the way through like us. When we come back, uh, we should talk to Richie Bristol a little bit about how he's going to impersonate Tim Riley at uh, tonight's Willamette Week Awards, which Tim Riley has given him permission to do, foolishly. 100%. <laughs> and I gave Tim like a thousand chances to take that back. And we'll talk to Richie about that. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Them. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Thank you for coming along. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dorothy Casaseri from the National Enquirer, 
uh, and uh, whatnot. So I apologize. I hate to be the jerk doing the. You know, we've been, I've been trying to get the get to the top five and not be, like be bumping it repeatedly, but there's only so many minutes of the day, and things have a of a timely nature. Isn't that right, Richie Bristol? Oh yeah. All right. So tonight is the uh, the Willamette Week party, uh, the best of Portland party to which we're invited. Uh, so. So already, as I was saying earlier, I uh, I have all this weird guilt about it because it's like a, a private shindig to which we're invited. But here's the thing: is the guilt is assuaged by the fact that Timmy, uh, Timmy, that Tim uh, Riley isn't going, but that you are going in the stead of Tim Riley and in fact pretending to be him. I am him. You're wearing a badge right now that says Tim Riley. Right, right there. Did he give that to you? Yes. <laughs> here's the thing: and he we, did. I saw Tim give it to we him. We gave Tim multiple chances to retract his permission for you to pretend to be him, and he did not. He seems strangely, perversely amused by the idea that you will be impersonating him. Uh huh. So, I mean, do I dare ask if you have sort of what? Is it, so, are are you going to go up and actively introduce yourself to people as Tim Riley, or are you going to wait for them to come up to you? No, I'm going to find people that don't know Tim Riley, and then God. I even told oh, Tim I said you're going to be aggressive about it. I'm going to be hi, I'm Tim Riley, and if they know, then I'm obviously going to have to go to somebody let's else. Let's all, let's all, and by all, I mean you. Uh, remember that. Uh, when out in public, one is a representative of CBS Radio. I believe we've had this talk before, right, Richie? Right. One is a representative of the radio station and of the Human Resources Department, which would almost certainly fire somebody for the right public offense. <laughs> so, and let's also not forget that Mayor Sam Adams will be there. Okay. Who? One, one imagines we're already in this sort of questionable column with him anyway. But he, Richie won't be there, so he won't know. Well, I'm... Well, he'll think this I'm is Tim. like a weird another Richie Richie, Rochelle I'm not going to pretend like you're Tim Riley the entire time. You don't have to. I'll stay away from you whenever I'm Tim. Uh, do you have a Tim voice? See, I have this on the other side. So I can switch from back and forth. Do you have this a doesn't sound like a good idea. Do you have a Tim Riley voice? I'm Tim Riley. That's just your regular voice. You're just okay. talking more slowly. I'm Tim Riley, newsman for Rick Emerson. <laughs> for Rick Emerson. <laughs> I'm here right here. I like Kendall. My name's right here in this Willamette Week. See? Are you going to carry around the Willamette Week? I'm going to cut it out. And... Richie's feelings are hurt that he wasn't in the article. Aren't you not? Aren't you? Aren't you not in it? Uh, hold on. I'm not, not in there. Uh, Richie is no. a big asset to our team. Hold on, let me see. No. Mm. That's okay. When they're in the lobby, I'll forget they're up there. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, you're right. You're you're not in here. I'm sorry. Richie. I know I haven't been here long enough. I understand. Well, no. I mean, look, and I didn't I didn't write it. You can blame blame Biden. Blame me. After tonight, I mean, they will remember. Oh God. Oh, Richie. Please I'm already know. dreading. I'm not going to embarrass you or. And I took it upon. I I invited you because you didn't know, and so I'm like, oh, Richie, you, it'll be fun for you. So don't embarrass us. I'm not going to embarrass you or Rick. Tim might but be a little embarrassed. If we're walking being proud of the radio show and you're like acting like some douchebag, like I'm on the camera. you are show. wearing a stage. I'm Tim Riley. No, I'll be professional. There's going to be some. Brand, whatever his name is. <laughs> what? He said there's going to be some weirdos there, right? Who? The, is the Elvis guy going to be there? God, no, no, that's the Barfly party. All this right. is like the. No, the true enough. You're not the biggest, the uh, best of Portland weirdo is that Elvis guy, right? Oh, well so, then he will be there. So you're saying, relatively speaking, you'll look normal. He's actually pretty normal. Uh huh. Okay. Oh, he is. Yeah. He's, no, he has he has his crap together. I hung out with the him at the Barfly party. Portland. All right. Well. How long Rick, do we what have do you here? feel? How do you feel about that? I feel, I feel, you. I'm experiencing fear. I am too. Uh, how long do we have here? Thirty seconds. Do we, we do these calls on screen? Okay, yeah. <laughs> do your Tim Riley voice one more time. Hello, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. Wow. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi. Hey, real quick, where can I find that vomit video with the hurt with the tornado? Oh, I uh, well, I think so. If you go to YouTube, I think if you just put tornado vomit. 
Okay, I'd love to. I couldn't find it a few days. Oh, uh, okay. I'll try to find it and post it. Yeah, I think it's just called Vomit Tornado or Tornado Vomit. One of the two, sir. RileyLive.com. All right, thank you. Thanks. All right. com. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Final call of the day. Excellent. Thank you. Bye now. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM970, the talker in the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Richie Bristol, and sometimes Tim Riley, uh, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, director of engineering, Brian Jones, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio, Portland marketing guru, Susan, don't have with me, Reynolds. Thanks again to everybody for vo- uh, who voted for us for the uh, Willamette Week Awards. Are, uh, we are much obliged. Thank you so much. Uh, we want to thank Lisa Desjardins, Ed McCarthy, Jim Root, Mr. Skin tomorrow, Dorothy Carcassari. Like us next, Michael Mara show at 7. See you all tomorrow at 10 for the recap, 11 for the show. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Don't let the best Grind it down. Bye now. And if you see a crack somewhere, take a cock with you and try to seal that seal that crack up.